0: I didn't. I didn't ask either. Did you watch that documentary? I did. Absolutely. I Excellent. Did. <laughs> I watched it again today. It's
1: so good. It's really good. It's a really, really great documentary.
0: I started watching it and I was like, "This seems kind of goofy." Like the whole storyline thing they got. Oh sure. But then as it went on, and then like John Carpenter shows up, and I was like, "This is great." John so cool. It's so well. He's the coolest. <laughs> he's the coolest. He's, oh, man, he's so cool. I don't uh,
1: know if it's possible to be any cooler than Joe. It Schaffer. absolutely isn't. And it's, like, on just full um, display here. Um, I, it just... That's so fucking... It, the, 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 it's so interesting that, like, he has a monolithic presence in this genre. This genre, is, it basically would not
0: exist without him.
1: <laughs> and, and, like, the idea that he... He's Marty McFly, basically. <laughs> like, like your kids are gonna love it. Like that's, yep. That's basically what like, fucking Actually, is. yes. <laughs> Cause alright, so
2: check this out, right?
1: Episode 34, recorded july 30th, 2022. Let me get a little bit of squelch. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Are you are you playing all that, or are you doing like an arpeggiator? So all of this,
0: I think the the baseline I came up with on the step sequencer of the synth itself. Mm-hmm. But then once I got everything hooked up to the DAW, I just uh, made those patterns in. Uh, FL studio itself in like okay. the piano roll sort of thing. The step seat. In there. I
1: gotcha. You. So you, 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 Sorry, I, I, you picked the fucking notes.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You can do arpeggiation for sure. Cause that was the thing. But that's that, like cheating. Yeah. Yeah. But like when it, I
1: was like fucking around with like a, cause I got an analog synth, synth laying around and I was, uh-huh. and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I can just push <laughs> <Right>. these like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I can go up to
0: this other key and this other key. Yeah. Um, it's a, basically a song at that point. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you trying to tell me. <laughs> Y'all been doing this. Yeah. This whole time. <laughs> this whole time, yeah. You gotta be kidding me. But no, everything on here is, uh, except for the drums, which are just like drum sounds out of FL Studio that I still had to put the notes mm-hmm. for. So like, that's not a stock drum beat. Like I made that in the mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but everything else is that synth that I bought. Mm. so the the low shit the high shit oh
1: that's cool man pretty fucking
0: it's pretty fucking cool it's pretty versatile for what it is that's awesome but yeah I've just been falling down that rabbit hole for the past few weeks like trying to get this to work and then like all right, now I got this going on and I'm starting to understand this Mm -hmm. I got some uh, synth plugins for for FL Studio nice and figuring out how all that shit works the same just different you know Uh, and now I'm like all right, what's my next step here yeah 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 and I'm looking at like a Moog and it's like 500 bucks I'm like pfft this looks like it sounds really cool. <laughs>
1: Dude, those mini mogs those mini mogs look amazing. I, I spent like a month last year just googling and Googling and Googling synths and stuff. So
0: they just put out one that's called the Mavis and it's okay. uh it comes disassembled. So it's like you kind of not fully disassembled, but it's like something that you can rack mount, mm-hmm. but it comes with an enclosure. Mm-hmm. So you can put that together or you can put it in your rack. It's like three fifty, I think. So it's, but it's not modular bad. seems pretty fucking cool yeah 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 <laughs> so not I'm bad. trying trying not to fall down that hole but it seems like if there's a hole you're gonna fall down something like this is not a bad way to go
1: the people I I, I don't know anyone who who has regretted falling down the synth
0: that's kind of hole that's kind of what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> is that it's going to be hard to, to regret this.
1: The other thing, too, is that, though, from what I from what I can tell, is that those things hold their value pretty well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: because the first
0: thing I did was, like, let's go look at used ones. Yeah. And they're not, like, that much cheaper. They're not. Especially because the older they get. Well, it guess it depends. Like guitars, probably. But, you know, the ones that are original, billions. Of, oh, for sure. Know,
1: whatever. For sure. So, but
0: even the shit that they put out these days. Because they're all hand-built, which I didn't realize. Mm. Mm, pretty mm. cool but yeah those those hold their value pretty well
1: well even a lot of the other not just the Mogs, but like a lot of the other ones like because yeah. i ended up with like a bear in your deep mind oh wow was yeah. what i ended okay. up with because i i was because i was like fucking around and, lo- and uh and that was like <laughs> one of the like oh this one would be really cool you know yeah this one or and then there was like the a korg mk something or other that i was looking at real closely and right um, and I was, I was in contact with my buddy, uh, Isaiah, you remember Isaiah? Yeah. And cause he went deep way off in that world. He's been in that, he's been he's, around in there for 10 years.
0: He's one of those dudes that you see the YouTube videos of walking into their music room and it's just
1: walls of, of synth. Kind of. Hell yeah! He became. He kind of. He he went. He went off. He went deep. Because that's and, the
0: show where I, I see that and I'm like, N- I could never have this. But man, what if? I had yeah, it's like a little bit of it.
1: You're, you're like, if I had a house, this is what would
0: happen. <laughs> sure. Eventually, <laughs> I would build up to just lining the walls with sense.
1: Yeah. And, you're like, this yeah. wouldn't even be a room. This would be the living room. Yeah. Um. Exactly. And, but I, I was like, hey, so what do you think? Da-da-da-da. And what he said, like the first thing that he said me. I wish I had my old phone, and I would just find find the link and send it to you. But he like sent me a link to something on Reverb, and it was like a big mod, modular, you know, <laughs> like with all the things. And he was like, not only would this look amazing in your studio, <laughs> but oh,
0: this is a recommendation for
1: you. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh boy, and. Like, like, I bet s- it would look amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, it was like, it was like, I think like seven or eight hundred or something like that. And it was like, that's not really dollars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he like I'm he he knew what he was looking for. Okay, you know what I mean. He might be he might be a good guy to
2: okay
1: ask him about, huh. about ask him about stuff. Um, because because he I don't know he asked some really good questions and was like, what do you want to do with this? Right. Right. Like what aspect are you interested in, you know? Yeah. And at the time I was like, I mostly just want like cool sounds, cool, inspiring sounds is, is like, I'm, I wasn't super interested. I mean, yeah, I'd be be able to tweak things and make them sound unique or whatever, but I wasn't as interested in like the synthesis (laughs) aspect of it, of the sound creation Mm -hmm. aspect Mm -hmm. of it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, but, but, uh, but yeah, you know, if you're going to fall into something because you yeah. can always get a piece of gear, try it out for a few months and then sell it for 50 bucks less than you paid <coughs> for it or a hundred bucks less than you've paid for it on reverb. Yeah, no exactly. No fuss, no muss. Exactly. You know? Which is
0: why I went with the one that I did because it was like 150
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like, there's, this is basically like. This is this is me learning if I even want one of these things. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so yeah, I have, yeah. I've been playing with it for like a month or so now. I'm like, I'm gonna want another one of these things. I think. Nice. That does slightly different, maybe slightly more.
1: You know. More nice. So. Where yeah, like um, yeah, they they seem to hold their values better than like guitars, or or like mid level guitars. It seems like, you know, like you buy like a. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot less that can go wrong over time. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's not true. I don't. I don't know enough about secondhand guitars. Um, or I, I guess what I'm saying is like
0: your the synth is going to sit there, mm-hmm. and you're going to use it, right? you're probably not gonna beat on it and shit like you are a guitar like a guitar is gonna go through a lot more I guess that's true uh, it's probably gonna go a lot more places too
1: well that's depends presumptuous yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that depends yeah I, d- I don't really know because I've uh, there's been some some guitars I've been eyeing and then I look at them used and they're like the exact same price so it's like I don't know yeah um, but it just depends on where you're going for yeah but it when I was yeah, whatever. I don't know, like musical gear is not is not the worst thing to spend money on because that stuff does hold its value pretty well. Of and, all of all the things that you could
0: say something is an investment, I think that's one that's up there as like yeah. this is like a real I I consider that to be an investment.
1: Especially because it's usually coupled with some aspect of learning. Exactly. Um, exactly or some, even if, Or some aspect of creation. Yeah, um, I don't I
0: don't even mean an investment financially. Because like you said, you can sort of resell it and get most of what you
1: pay back probably most of
0: the time. But it. what are you going to do with it? Yeah. If you're going to actually buy something and use it, then that's what I consider to be. And if, if you're just going to buy something nice and put it up on the wall, then that's or, not the same or, thing. Or
1: get a really nice couch or something. Or a really nice, you know. Um, <laughs> although now that I'm like older i'm like hey you need an important you do need a, you do need a good chair right It doesn't need to be a nice per se but it does need to chair well yes
0: um, the question of like what are you going to get out of this what is this going to do for me how is this going to improve my life yeah it becomes way more pertinent than like is it can i get the cheaper one yeah
1: i guess like it might be a, <laughs> you could argue that sort of like scale and ratio wise it's a better investment than like a car um now because well it's hard to say because like you need your car um but you're not gonna like oh, i don't really prefer this car let me just sell it let me just sell this car and get another one and i'll get you know motherfuckers be doing that though 80 percent of what i of what I got back, and it's I guess so, man. This this is it's nothing that ever occurred to me.
0: That's beyond me, like as
1: yeah, a, me too. concepts, you know.
0: Yeah, that's... me too.
1: I, I I shouldn't talk, man. Cause, so that because some people are into that, and that's the thing, and that's you know some some people are into like working on cars. And I'm not trying shit on that. Sure,
0: that uh, that part of it I'm more into than like oh, there's a new model out, and I can trade in my last year's model and get the new up. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Like that's. I don't get that. Beyond me. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh,
1: but uh I mean, you know, everyone needs to be in something, I guess, but yeah, I don't get that. No. <laughs> you know. No. I I I like to spend my money on instruments that I'm not going to play and books <laughs> I'm not going to read. I can get behind that, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I like to I I my my bookshelf is a is a is a painting in progress. <laughs> It's
0: slowly organized it. It's where it like makes some sort of a picture. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. see. There you go. Yep. There you go.
1: And, and look at all these wonderful writers I supported along the way. Right.
0: Although saying that, I for there were there were like years that went by, and I wasn't I hadn't read because like same thing. I I buy books from time mm-hmm. to time, and I, it's been so long since I actually read a physical book because I was doing audiobooks for a very long time. Yeah. But then over the past like month or two, I've been reading. Actual books. Like, I just finished one and started another one.
1: <laughs> do you feel a difference? How? What? Like, in in uh audiobook versus reading a physical book.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. because when I was doing audiobooks, it was like when I was commuting. Mm. And I haven't been doing that for a long time. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, I haven't had much opportunity to do that anymore. But also, it's like you just you do interact with it in a different way.
1: Yeah. And for me, my retention is... Uh, pretty, I don't want to say dog shit, <laughs> um, but dog shit adjacent okay. with just an audiobook. book. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So.
0: Cause there's some like, like the person's voice comes into your mind and you have to deal with that and how they phrase things and you yeah. have to parse what well, they're
1: saying and I guess because f- I am I am so visual and so not not just visual, but I'm very spatial, mm-hmm. and so if I am reading, you know, like there's like okay, there are books that I've read, and if I think of the quote, I know about where in the book oh. that. Line was that was important to me, and I know on what position of the page wow, like I know if it was on this side or this side, if it was in the top in the middle or the bottom, you know da 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 and if it was oh. about two thirds or 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 halfway through or whatever i like I have a spatial you know. Oh wow. so like my my like retention and my ability to find and recall the information is much much higher with a physical book um, interesting yeah that might I might that might not be everyone <laughs> that might be that might be a a, a more specific to to me kind yeah. of thing um but I often like will have like a pencil when I'm reading and I will often like make little like not like I I used to just like full on like underline shit, uh-huh. but now just like, oh, that was really important or not like important for my understanding. Right. Like not like, oh, that's who that's who is. So not like is. important to the story necessarily. Right. right, right. Or, or an important point because I read a lot of nonfiction and stuff, but something that's like this particular paragraph or this particular whatever, like it, it. It really resonates with me. It really hammers a certain point home. It's said really well. Whatever. Yeah. Stuff that just, you know. Um, I'll, I'll a little parenthesis there. A little parenthesis there. Or a little dash in the margin or something like that, you know.
0: Mm. Uh, I've never once done that.
1: Yeah. I, did, did you do any of that, like, in college? Did, were you a highlighter in college? I don't think so, no. Man, I, I fucked some books up. <laughs>
0: I think a lot of books I got already had that shit going on anyway because mm. I used, you know? Yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah. Part of me is like it, – it it helps keep me engaged when I'm reading a physical book too because I'm so – I'm so fidgety and so uh, tactile. Sure. You know? So – That makes sense. You know? Like if I have like, – if I can have like a fucking pencil in my hand while I'm reading, you know, it it just – it it makes it easier even if I'm not doing anything with it. <laughs> Man.
0: That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's like a whole, that's like a whole, there's a whole thing there of, of asking people what their individual experience of reading is like. Um, Yeah. You know, like my buddy Jacob, who, who's going to come up a lot in this episode. um, He, he would ask this question to people, you know, of, like, like, what's that experience like? Like, like, do you hear of like when you read a book, do you hear a voice? You know, yeah, and things like that. Um, or, absolutely yes, I absolutely do not. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's just I, I, it's just it's just ideas. You know what I mean? It's just like a it like kind of just it it bypasses this audio thing, Man. um,
0: because like yeah. I've seen I've seen those same sorts of uh, conversations or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like claims that people make about how they experience reading. Yeah. Uh, and I can't even conceive of what it is like to not have that, obviously. Right? Right, yeah. Because uh, that's how I do it. Do you
1: always – like so when you hear a voice, right, is it always the same voice? Oh, no. You do, do you cast someone? Because that's what Jacob would do.
0: Jacob would like, like consciously say, I think this is going to be Samuel L. Jackson or whatever. Yeah,
1: like John Wayne's going to read this book. you oh, know, or no, like, Absolutely not. Or like, you know.
0: For uh, me, it's just whatever the voice comes to my head. Whatever happens. It, whatever you, happens. You know, happens yeah. But there is always one, and it is distinctive. That is fascinating. <laughs> yes. Because that is that's absolutely
1: crazy. not. I interact with books similar to, I guess, maybe how you interact with math problems. It's like this is this is information in a, in a line you know like this isn't man this does not need to be spoken to me for it to have meaning yeah
0: i guess yeah so i everyone interacts with an audiobook the same way
1: right in that right, case. right 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 i will say though sometimes if there is something that is uh, particularly dense or that i'm having trouble understanding like maybe it's something that's a little esoteric philosophically or something like that Mm -hmm. i i I will i will i will imagine i'm reading it out loud do you ever just read it out loud um yeah like kind of like under my breath you know Uh like but not like You
0: know, yeah, yeah, you're not like practicing oration,
1: you know, on your right, but I'm like, okay, so uh, you know, like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, but it is interesting how forcing myself to conceptualize it as being spoken does engage different aspects of my brain that allows, and I think it makes me slow down. Are you a really fast reader, would you say? I don't feel like I am but i do i do kind of like will read sentences in like blocks Did, um
0: like <laughs> it's like trying to explain this weird thing that you've never had to really explain much before
1: <laughs> yeah like i i don't i don't see each line or each word individually in sequence like i'll see like the group of lines in the whole sentence and glean that meaning and then sort of like like it's like chunk 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 chunk, um, mm. and so I don't I don't I don't I wouldn't say I'm a fast reader I say I'm impatient. <laughs> okay,
0: you're fast uh, by necessity.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 more impatient. Necessi-
0: ne- necessity of your uh the rest of your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost interesting. Uh, yeah. Something 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 along those lines. Uh. It's, it's, it's a strange thing because it's, I haven't really thought about it like this, but it's like, I, I, I don't know that I love the experience of reading, but I love the way, um, understanding things from books makes me feel. Hmm. Man. (laughs) So it's like, I have to be at odds with my own mind to get to that feeling. Right, right, right. You gotta eat your vegetables first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So That's, it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like, I love that. Right. Oh, I didn't know that this then this then this and this and then this, and this. Right. I love that. But that like Do you mostly read nonfiction? <sighs> it's about probably 70-30 nonfiction, not fiction.
0: Yeah. 80-20,
1: okay. you know? Uh,
0: I think I I don't read much nonfiction. And I'm wondering. Because it seems like your method would be more useful with nonfiction.
1: Yeah. I, I do tend to I, – I am able to enjoy audiobooks more for fiction. And lectures. Like like the like the the, oh, sure. the greatest courses or the great yeah, courses series. I've done a lot of those too. Oh, my God. Those, those are great. Audiobooks are and, – and I under I retain that stuff extremely well because it's – Because that, that's just a lecture. It's Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely. used to lectures. I like those. <laughs> Yeah, I know totally. how those work, you know. <laughs> I've been to one of those, yeah. Um, so I enjoy those quite a lot in that format, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but non nonfiction, you know. Oh well, I don't know. It just depends. Well, the other thing too that that like has helped me a lot. Um, is I started just doing both, like, you know, because I've had an Audible membership for however many fuck all years, and so I have Buku's credits stored up. And so, you know, when there's a book that I'm reading, if it's available on Audible, I'll fucking, I'll do uh, both. Okay, you know what I mean. So, so you know, so sometimes I'll listen to a, ch- a few chapter, like nonfiction chapters or whatever, on Audible, and then I'm gonna skim through the book, <laughs> huh. you know, or vice versa, or you know, or like or I'm gonna read in the physical book and then go back, you know what I mean? I, I'll switch. I'll go back and forth. I think that would fucking break my brain. It, I'll, I'll, the only time that it really, really pissed me off <laughs> was um, I last year I read the um, God damn it um, the Bible <laughs> the, the Bible um, what is it the Dark Forest trilogy okay, um, never heard of it uh, it's written by it's a Chinese uh, sci-fi trilogy you know written by a guy named I think Shin Lu. Um, huh. Would be how um, how you say his name. Now, it might not be called the Dark Forest Trilogy. Is it X I N, or Q I N, or C I N? C
0: X I U N. It's not the same person who wrote the Three Body Problem, is it? That's it. That's what it is. I just started reading
1: the book. Oh, dude, it's incredible. <laughs> I, 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 that's the one i just started reading oh yeah. dude it's so good okay all right so you're on the first one yeah oh, okay it's so great yeah i just got to like part two of the book oh it's so good so the first the, fir- the first book is so incredible um cool. that's pretty funny yeah. um <laughs> now the, mi- the the second one i think it's like she chin there you it. you would know um <laughs> better than me um the second one the second one is called is called dark forest um hmm. that's what it is it's called the, it's it's called the remembrance of earth trilogy i think that's what it's called okay okay um and
0: i don't know any of that because i just took the dust jacket off and threw it to the side because i hate those things
1: just give me like the thing so the second one for whatever fuck all reason they're like yeah let's give this book like three chapters it's like huh. a 600 page book or something oh my God you know what I mean and so like it's it seriously like an audible chapter it was like this this chapters 18 hours right <laughs> or you know what I mean so like sake. figuring out I, I like I had like an equate I had like a, I figured out a, I had an equation of like how many minutes translated to how many pages so that I could <laughs> switch effectively you know because that's the thing i would need to do because of like okay well i need to i need to do dishes now i need to do all this housework i need to deal with the kid i need you know what i mean if i can just like could just flip on some headphones and go to the audiobook then i'm able to finish books at a reasonable rate (laughs) yeah 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 um so but that that's why i started doing that but yeah it's it's uh
0: I think going back and forth like that would would confuse me more than
1: not. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. There's no practical reason that one should. <laughs> I, I did it. I, I, I started doing it to solve a very specific problem. Yeah. You yeah. know, and if no one else has that same problem, there's no reason they should voluntarily <laughs> embark on something so inefficient. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, Jacob would do something interesting where he would cast people.
0: That's wild. That, that's really funny though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like characters and whatnot. Like he would be like, I think <laughs> I think Tim Roth should be this guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it it wasn't like a super like it w- it would it was this, it was something that would happen kind of intuitively, you know?
0: But right? Because like you get a sense of a character and they fit someone you know maybe from a movie and it would just
1: sort of happen and then like I can see how you get there yeah and then like you know like 50 pages in he's like oh man (laughs) Gandalf's Tim Roth (laughs) you know or (laughs) whatever Gandalf's Christopher Walken (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) and Bilbo, Sylvester Stallone to me for some reason (laughs) (laughs) ew Gandalf
2: (laughs) oh shit
0: that's not a great Stallone man have you watched uh Severance by chance,
1: no, what's that?
0: Uh, it's a show, it's on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, or whatever the fuck it's called, mm-hmm. which I only got because of this show because I saw it, it was so highly recommended. Uh, it's like a sci fi nine episode, like limited series, or whatever you would call it these days. Uh, it is, whew, uh, fuck, what's the dude's name? Adam Scott is the dude's name who stars in it. Okay, he's like the dude from. Oh, God, what is he in? He's the he's the asshole lawyer from Step Brothers, maybe? If that helps. Okay. Okay. I can't think of what else he's been in. I know there's a better example than that. But anyway. Um, I wonder if he's also the
1: asshole lawyer in Parks and Rec. Maybe. I never watched Parks and Rec. I don't so watch many shows, but. Parks and Rec might be the greatest sitcom ever made, or, mm. or or my favorite, once you get past season one. Season one, they weren't sure if they were trying to be The Office or not.
2: Uh, and okay. so all the
1: characters weren't weren't um weren't lined out right um but a lot of people talk about how the show sucks And it's like well did you like yeah Yo, what's the first four episodes they fucking suck like of course it fucking sucks oh that guy that dude yeah dude he's like one of the main characters in fucking Parks and racks is he
0: really yeah oh, wow. <laughs> Man. Well, hey.
1: how silly that i don't know his name wait did i give you the right name is he really he's he's not. I don't think he's not. He he is an asshole in Step Brothers. <laughs> you know, I haven't had a car since 2002. You know, That's or, him, right? Am I wrong? Yeah,
0: that's him. <clears throat> anyway, uh, anyway, this show is like in in. The, there's a company that you can go to, and they will split your consciousness into basically okay between the work day and the non-work day.
1: Oh.
2: Uh.
0: And so the idea is you go there and you go into the building and they've implanted a chip in your head. And when you go down the elevator to the office, you switch to the other person, the other half of your consciousness. Oh, boy. And you do your work. And that person, for all intents and purposes, is a new person. So when they're down there, been, they're like, I'm like two years old <laughs> and all this shit. It's like, a, you know, 40-year-old man. Um, and so you don't know who you are on the outside. Wow. And you don't know who your coworkers are. Sweet. And the reasons that people go down there vary wildly uh and so that's kind of the setup
1: that's big pkd energy right it, there
0: man yeah yeah it, it really is yeah uh it's really fucking good i i binged it like the past week or so uh
1: very cool it's real I'll, good
0: i will, I, will, I will check that out <laughs>
1: yeah uh, him
0: uh john Turturro, okay is like one of the other office dudes mm mm-hmm. mhm He's such a good actor. <laughs> he's so funny. Like, not unintentionally. Yeah. Oh, he's great.
2: That
1: that's uh <clears throat> splitting your consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah.
0: Like it's not a spoiler or anything, because you learn it right away, but like the reason that Adam Scott goes down there is because uh his wife died.
2: Mm.
0: And he couldn't he like tried to go back to teaching and he couldn't handle it. So he just Wanted to get away from it. And so Mm -hmm. his reason was like, I need to get rid of this
1: and not... Like to get rid of it so that he can be productive and like do his job? Right. Because he's still that when he leaves. Yeah. The guy on the
0: outside has to deal with that shit. I see. The guy on the inside can go work and make money and do, you know, whatever he's got to do.
1: obligation to take care of this meat body that we share. Right. Exactly. So,
0: and then other people have
1: their reasons. So...
0: It's, it's, uh, you, you start thinking about a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to go into anything else, but yeah, it's
1: really good. It's worth watching. There's some, there's some powerful themes in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially re- relevant today with like the, the anti work movement and stuff like that. The, I don't dream of labor. Right. And, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is, which I, uh, I, that's a thing that I, I uh, first of all I agree with, um, same because I am anti-capitalist, um, but uh, I, I, I it makes me really I feel I, I wish that um, I wish those ideas would have been floating around a little more easily when I was young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I, I grew up with this, that, that this, like, ridiculous work ethic of, like, you work hard no matter what. Um, And, <clears throat> and, like, yeah, sure, like, do shit well. Yeah, sure, fine.
0: That's not an inherently bad thought or, or standards to hold yourself to it just depends on why you're doing it I think
1: yeah uh, you know but it, it it's also sort of it's also sort of like well just because you're not working hard on a particular like just because you're not working hard at a pizza shop or at an insurance thing doesn't mean that you can't work hard mm-hmm. on something else yeah you know and it it's not a slight against your character or anything like that and nope. and that was sort of that was sort of the and how I was sort of what I was raised to believe was that if you didn't work hard um like if you didn't work hard enough that you hated your job then you weren't working hard enough
0: right like uh, it, you are if you are a hard worker you're going to put 110% into everything that you do
1: right whatever that means like you're going right. to sacrifice relationships yeah you know oh s- Sorry, I know that this thing was important for you to go for me to go to, um, but I have to go to work. Yeah. Well, you fucking make pizzas, but it's my job. You know, yeah, uh, wh- wh- What? you know, whatever. And well, but th- th- then then that also like dovetails into that idea that when we were kids and we were coming up like the American dream still existed. Like, per that's face, what we thought. Per, well, well the, the idea of it yes it was still pervasively it was like yeah man yeah. fucking just
0: <laughs> it still lived in the collective consciousness
1: yeah, yeah yeah follow your bliss Find do what you can be whatever you want to be do what you're supposed to do as long as you work hard yeah you know and <laughs> there's 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 like ten other things that have to go right besides working hard <laughs> You have to do that. Yeah. You know. I remember, it's it's
0: funny that we didn't, I guess maybe it's not funny, maybe it's just indicative of how pervasive that idea is, but I think of something like, for some reason the first thing that popped into my mind was Hook, where Robin Mm. Williams is like a big lawyer or whatever fuck, and he's like not paying attention to his kids right? because he's tied to work the whole time, and the whole movie is about him being attended from that
1: it's, it 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 breaks my heart that Steven Spielberg is not immeasurably proud of that film yeah he really doesn't like it very much <laughs> and it's like dude don't be so greedy dude like don't be mad because it, like the year prior you did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List nothing's going to follow that up calm the fuck down I've watched Hook more than I have watched those other two movies combined. I love Hook. I do, too. Unabashedly. And I love Jurassic Park, and I love Schindler's List. I love all of those movies. But yeah. Hook, man, that movie's real important to me. Yep. Yep. I didn't see myself in Schindler's List. You know what I mean? <laughs> or Jurassic Park, really. No, um, no, no. Like, they're incredible movies. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Schindler's List did have a profound effect on me, and I and I and I watched it more than probably one should have. Like I got you, sh- I shouldn't have been like as interested in that movie as I was when I was like twelve mm-hmm. or something. But um, incredible movie. Um, Either way, Spielberg, incredible run, especially right there. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, of course, it, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. So Hook. Rob, the whole point of, yeah, the theme, the whole thing is, like, play with your fucking kids. Right. Like, throw the fucking cell phone in the
0: snow and play with the kids and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's, even, my point was, like, even seeing stuff like that, and me having watched that as a kid and seeing that example given to me of, like, this is what you should do, but he was also, you know, I don't remember in this. He's a lawyer. Yeah, he was a lawyer, but, like, I don't remember in the story, like, was he a college grad? Was he, did he go to Harvard or some shit? Did he have. For sure. You know, some, some shit, all of these things that had to have gone right for him that we didn't
1: see for us, for us, that there's nothing that felt um, relatable about, you know, Peter's character or Robin Williams's character, because, um, you like that was a different world, like class, class conscious. For me, it was more like
0: I could end up there one day. I don't know how I see what you're saying, but maybe right or, or more to the point, like this is just somewhere. This is somewhere where you can end up. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. And then gotcha. the and then the whole thing of like you can be whatever you want to be is just like that's just a place I could
1: end up probably. Yeah, I could do that if I wanted. Exactly. I could do that if I wanted. Yeah. You know, like that was. I mean, they literally told us when we were. It's like, like check this out. This is a this is a core fucking memory that I have. Third grade. Okay. Um, my dad's been dead for like 2 years maybe mm-hmm. okay and it's like career day or whatever and because you know what i third mean grade? In third grade <laughs> what the I fuck? know it was third grade because i remember who my teacher was <laughs> and because i remember what this bitch said to me um anyway so like yeah. she uh or you know it was like you're supposed to like dress up as what you want to be, right? Which asking like fucking third graders to do that. Everyone is, just came to school as cops and astronauts and shit or and doctors yeah. and you know some shit like that. I'm going to cure cancer. All sorts of shit like that. And like I I dressed up in my dad's like work clothes. Like Fuck. I had I had like his jacket from like Champion Paper Mill and I had like his work lunch kit. champion dude you know um (laughs) no I was like i want i was like i want to work at the paper mill like my dad did and she's like well i guess that's fine if that's all you want to do like sub 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 shit like that
0: fuck lady (laughs) (laughs)
1: wow and it's like they're like if you gave me like if if you're like hey richard you can take this 40-year-old consciousness and go and slip it into your past self
2: <laughs>
1: at any point in time at any point in your past life for 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 5 seconds <laughs> just enough time to to retort That, that might be the, if I could only pick one, that would be, that would be on the list to be like, excuse me, bitch, don't you teach third grade at Dayton fucking Texas?
0: Oh, wow, man. Is this the highest you can reach, you fucking cunt? Did you, did you dress up as this when you were in third grade? Right.
1: What did you dress up as in third grade? Yeah. Cause you don't look like an astronaut or a doctor to me. You look like you make twenty eight k a year. Like, and then like. So,
0: sorry, third grade, Richard. You're gonna have to deal with the, the fallout. <laughs> yeah. Then I
1: zip back.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's it's gonna be worth it in like thirty, you know, twenty five years or whatever. I right, right. Then I,
1: like, I end up here. Then I end up having like a random conversation. You're like, and then like, with someone. They're like, man, you in the time in third grade? <laughs> Whenever our teacher beat you, <laughs> <laughs> you got fucking backhanded
0: by Miss So and So. Man,
1: you had to go to the hospital. She lost her job, but man, you didn't
0: walk right for two years. Spun you around like five times. <laughs> Hell of a shot.
2: Uh,
1: but uh, but
0: yeah, yeah, that, that like,
1: worth it, yeah, so but yeah, it was just that that whole. Um, I I think it's
0: <clears throat> today. By the way, uh, everyone would come dressed up as a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. Man, I think that, I think that that is, in some ways, I think that that is, there's something more healthy about that than dressing up as, you know, a doctor or an astronaut or whatever. Not that I don't think doctors and astronauts are awesome, yeah. um, but, like, I, I, it all
0: just. Lives in this weird problem space of like, to be successful at this, for those other things you have to like have a lot of shit go right for you to be able to get there. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, for a YouTuber, as a successful YouTuber, you have to have one in a trillion luck. Sure. And that's that's the problem there, really. Yeah, but anyone can do it, but not successfully.
1: Right, 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 right. And, And there's also like, there's also there's not as much like. You can try being a YouTuber for a year, and then be like, you know what, man, this isn't worth it. And right. you're not like and in you didn't debt.
0: Say, <laughs> Yeah, you, you're not multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt or anything.
1: Right? right. You don't. Yeah, you don't have to like go on a eight year, ten year schooling journey. Yeah, and then start doing the job, and then be like, oh, this sucks, but I have to keep doing it because I have four hundred thousand dollars in debt. The,
0: all that <laughs> overhead. That you don't have to get from being a, from attempting to be a YouTuber.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know how to, I don't know how to come back from that. I'll, I'll figure <laughs> out in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you, like, like, cause I don't know, this, 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 this like begs the question, right? Let me let me let me frame this in another way, because I was saying I was like, I think like if I was a third grade teacher and I saw someone come up, you know, it's like, oh, this kid wants to be a YouTuber. I'd be like, cool, man, have fun. You know, if you don't like that, then, you know, you can find something else to, like, pay the bills while you if you enjoy doing that, whatever. And like, I'm it, and it. I don't know. It's not like going to give I would give a kid shit that was saying they were going to be want to be a doctor what what this is what i'm really saying okay it is i think it is i think it is immoral to ask fucking high schoolers what they want to be yeah i think it is obscene and grotesque to ask third graders absolutely yes um and to flip that around another way and and say it and phrase it in a different way is that if someone asked max that what would make me feel proud? Like what answer could he give that would make me feel proud as his parent? Um and I think if he said something like what if he said something like really clever and like silly, that would make me really happy. <laughs> like Just
0: like made a joke out of it, basically.
1: Yeah, like what do you what do you want to be? Like I wanna be a watermelon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, like some shit like that, you know, mm-hmm. or like, uh, <clears throat> I, I wanna, I wanna be on top of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like like misunderstands the question, but answers the question that he thinks you asked sincerely. Sure. Like like, the, like that like that that would make me happy. Um, or or if or if he said like I don't know I I I, I want to be not I want I, I, I want to be I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, such, it's a hard thing to say, like, because, you know, like, oh, what would make what would make me happier is if he said some shit like, oh, well, I want to be I want to be a good dad or I want to be a good friend or I want to sure. be
0: a good, you know, or like if he if he had some aspiration and he said, this is what I really want to do. And you knew it was something that he wanted to do. Yeah. Or I want to be good
1: at, I want to be good at music. I want to be good at football or I want to be good at a thing. Like, yeah, you know, cause that, 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 that that is a, that is a thing that is like, I think it's unique to American society. That's like, what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. that's like a existential philosophical thing. Yeah. B, not like, what would you like to do to make money when you grow up? Right.
0: Because that assumes that it's your identity then. Right. Is what it is. Because
1: how you make your money is your identity in a capitalist society, which we are. So,
0: yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, so it assigns this much more grave importance to the decision that you're asking a third grader to make. Yeah, uh, or someone Max's age, you know, <laughs> like it's so it's
1: I, someone asked him that on a fucking walk the other day. Someone asked him what he wanted to be, like okay, but like, no one in a position of power. So no, like, no, 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 Get no, no, fuck out of my way. But it's just, it just it it, it it absolutely didn't anger me, uh, you know, because because man, fucking language is hard, and I I if someone is speaking kindly to my kid, I. That's know. that's enough for now. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I don't want really to give. Yeah. A, I I I don't want to give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Past that, but but it is it is interesting to sort of reflect on like this thing in the culture of of how. Well, because
0: that's what that's just what people say when they ask, "What job you want to do?" Is what do you want to be? Yeah, and that's just what that means, to right? Us, you know what I've started, but, but the actual literal question is something very different when you start thinking about it like that. It's a
1: thing that comes up and that I think about a lot, and that, that I'm honestly sensitive about. Um, because, like, you know, like this whole like stay at home dad, make money on the side, doing side gigs and doing other stuff, you know, kind of thing is a not is not a traditionally masculine role. Yeah, and it and it makes other people uncomfortable. And since it makes other people uncomfortable, it makes me uncomfortable. So I don't want to tell them, mm. you know. Right. Um. And so it the, the the coin goes one way or another. Where like some sometimes I'll just fib, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I'll say I say I still have a job that I don't have anymore. Oh, I, you know I, I I it's like oh yeah I work in, I work for a medical records company, or so you know I, I work from home you know, doing this kind of thing.
0: That's really all you need to say. I think. Um,
1: and, or blah, 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 blah. But, but if I was like on my toes, what I, what I should say is, what are you, what are you asking me? Are you asking me how I make money? Yeah. Or are you asking me who I, who I am? Are you asking me what I am? You I know, think we both know the answer to that question. Like, are you asking me how I make money? Because um, those are different answers, um, right? You're, it's like, you know.
0: But actually, people will judge you based on what. you Absolutely do. So will. It's sometimes like, it is the same so, question. So what do you
1: do? That's like, well, yeah. I, I I do my best <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be a good dad, to be a good husband, and to be a good musician, and to and to make things that I like with people that I like. Yeah, that's what I do.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, oh, you
1: make money doing that. You, so you know what's uh, what's what's the money like for that? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um. Got
0: insurance? Corporate insurance? <clears throat> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Hopefully, that is something that. Um, as more people begin to question, that it becomes less of a thing because it's right.
1: phased out, I guess. And, and like, to, to put sort of, to, for something that, that to, to put a, not put a pin in it, but uh, something I want to I drive home here put is Put a finer that, point on it. Is that, so I came across my dad's, like, pay stubs, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, when I was cleaning out my mom's house. It um, took me
0: a long time to remember to realize what a pay stub was there. <laughs> I mean, I've got my own, but,
1: yeah. Right. Um, So... You know, my dad, like, graduated high school in, like, 1974, and then just walked down the fucking street and started working at the paper mill. Mm. And in six years, he was making, like, the equivalent of, like, $70,000, $80,000 today, if you adjust for inflation. Fucking A. Um, I would have absolutely... I would have been absolutely content and happy to do that myself. Because... My dad went on fishing trips. Like he had weeks off at a time. Right. He had a giant fucking garage. He could afford a fishing boat. All right. He had he had shit tons of guns for hunting trips. He started his own trophy business. Um, huh? Yeah, I guess you you probably didn't know that. So, huh. yeah, like that the practice room in the garage that we played for that fucking decade. Yeah. That was supposed to be his workshop. Whoa. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like that big bench over on the side by the window. Yeah, that was his going to be his bench, and underneath there were all these trophy supplies and shit. Right. You know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense now that <laughs> you now that you lay it out there like that. Yeah. And yeah, like I literally like grew up trying to create in the rubble of my father's of my dead father's dreams. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, huh? <laughs> Fuck. You know, but but it's like he he did all this while having like. While just being, like, a smart, motivated man that, like, showed up to fucking work on time, you know, supported his family, was able to buy the house that he wanted, was able to do all the shit. Mm -hmm. I would have been totally happy to do that. Like, my dream job was just being a plain old fucking teacher. Okay? And then, yeah, man, I do that five days a week, eight hours a day. And then the rest of the fucking time I do what the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my dream job, you know? So I don't want to like, I, I was, I was absolutely okay with working and, and working sincerely and working in a way that benefited my community. But I, but it's like, Okay, well, I'm not gonna do that <clears throat> and then still have to have two roommates so that I can survive. Like if, if I like you know, like if you're gonna make me sacrifice this much, then I'm gonna fucking at least do something that is benefiting me in the long run and that like makes me happy and that I can I can leverage for my own success and my own skill set. Right. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna like make me work myself <clears throat> to the point of of it af- affecting my entire life negatively, then I'm not gonna do it just for you. I'm gonna do it on my own terms. Right. You're gonna get, if not the most out of it, then like something reasonable, useful out of it. Yeah. Or like you know, like, get get the most that you can out of it. There's like a line. Never mind. I'll fuck it up. Don't worry about it.
0: So, but like, having been at the job that I'm at now, uh, we have like really good work life balance. Nice. Whereas uh, other places, it was like you need to be in the office Mm -hmm. these hours, uh, whether you're doing something or not. You know. And now it's more. It's it's closer to like whatever you need to get done. If you can get it done, whenever do other things if you can or do kind of what you want. Yeah. It, and I can, I don't think I'll ever be able to go back to, to that other shit, man. I, cause it's such a waste of time.
1: The jobs that I did that I really, really enjoyed and did really well, well at were the jobs where people just left me the fuck alone. Yeah. You know, like where they trusted me. It's like, okay, well, okay, you know, the math, I trust you to teach it to this college class. And I would bust my ass to do that because I care. And and I cared about being a good math teacher. I cared about my students doing well. And and they were like, "All right, you're doing great, cool." <laughs> so, you know, you know what I mean. Like there wasn't right. Um, or same thing when I was teaching in a music school. I was like, "Man, you know." They were like, "Hey, your students love you, and they stay." <clears throat> what more can you ask for? <laughs> you know. Um. So whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> right. You, you have a really great retention. Whatever you're doing's working, <laughs> right? Um, and so I would work, I would work well in those environments, you know. And so, like, yeah,
0: you feel good about being there at that point. Like, you feel if you're trusted,
1: then. Well, and it's it and it's like I it's almost like. the way I felt at the time is it's like, I am a teacher and that is, that is my, that is my job and like my purpose in this community. And, and this school or this college is just a venue. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, but you're allowing me to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. And this, this is sort of, there's an exchange here, right? Like you find the students and you handle the building and you supply the place. And so I'm happy for, for, the cost to be split. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm happy for you to get the share that you get and for me to get the share that I get. Right. You know, I don't feel like I'm being you know, um, cheated. Um, that was how, you know, I looked at it at the time. But, you know, the other side of it is it's like oh, oh, whatever. It's I'm uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> Yeah, like you were saying about the whole like trust, right? Like I've I've done I've enjoyed and done well in the jobs where where I was trusted, where I felt like I was trusted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna get all this done by then, and they're like, cool. You know, right, <laughs> and, or, or, or even just not being micromanaged into the ground.
0: Can't you know? deal with that. I, no, <laughs> I, I
1: can't. I can't deal with that. Well, and it's also it's so, it's not how. The studies that we did for our degrees are not conducive to being micromanaged, you know? Right. Like, because you have to go bang your head against the wall to solve that math problem or whatever, or that programming problem for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. And that's just how it is. Yeah. It can't really be done any other way. Um, You know, like the... So the idea that now the work itself is this like so someone, someone's like making sure that you wrote the equation, right. That is isn't even solved yet? You know, it's like,
0: right. E- even for like my line of work where that, that sort of thing is more ap- applicable, I would argue mm-hmm. than what you were doing. Uh, they still, there are still places that still take that approach, which is bad, but, I think more more often than not and more as time goes on, it's like, are you someone who has, like, a decent grasp of the basics? But more importantly, like, are you willing to learn? Right. And that's a huge deal.
1: Right. And are, yeah, you, ca- yeah, yeah. are you capable of learning? Also? For sure. For sure. And that in, – in, like, teaching, it was – I was always in this spot in teaching where it's like, okay, well, I know the material extremely well because that's what I focused on you know i didn't take any teaching classes mm-hmm. while i was in college because i was of the philosophy that <clears throat> that the best way to be the best way to be a good teacher is for you yourself to have spent a lot of time learning things that are very difficult for you mm. That's that's my philosophy on what it takes to be a good teacher. I don't – if you've never had to really, really struggle to understand uh, a concept or a whole class of concepts, I don't know that you can be a great teacher. Um, that's my opinion on this day. Um, and because – the way it felt for me was it's like all right well i am really 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 struggling with this particular problem this particular subject mm-hmm. this entire class right because there were math there were certain math classes that i had a hard fucking time in totally I'm, i understand that <laughs> and <clears throat> so knowing that i had a really really terrible difficult time with that it's a lot easier For me and knowing that there was a certain way that I had to look at it, a certain order that I had to get the concepts in so that it made sense to me.
0: And so that tells you that there are different ways to be able to look at it.
1: Right. And so then I can then take this concept of, you know, I had, oh, I had such a hard time understanding this thing and like, you know, differential equations or whatever. I can then port that same philosophy that down to someone who's having a really hard time understanding long division mm-hmm. or someone who's having a hard time understanding multiplication whatever yep basic algebra whatever and and I can I can it's not hard for me to empathize and understand that okay this 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 little thing is hard for them for whatever reason it doesn't matter and we just, I just got to get them to, we just got to, we just got to see where they're at and we got to figure out the the missing piece. Right. And, and whatever that is, and that's going to be different for da, 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 da. Like, I don't need, I don't need a cool, I, I think it was more valuable for me to spend that extra time taking those immeasurably difficult courses than it was for me to have like, you know, like pedagogy classes and stuff like that yeah
0: i got you um i see what you're saying i agree with that Uh, that that makes a lot more sense to me
1: because i've seen i've been in tutoring labs like with other teachers like at the college like retired. like these are like retired like they taught school for decades and then they're retired and they need something else to do so they go and like volunteer or they go to make some extra money tutoring at the college or whatever Uh uh-huh and i i have seen like this multiple times like these people say to a student like that they like like they're not understanding like the distributive property or some shit uh-huh. you know and they're and they're like you're not trying hard enough and like like say that t- to them and it's it's it like it doesn't mean anything it it means absolutely <laughs> nothing it means that you don't know you don't have any th- any other tool in your kit yeah. As a teacher, as an educator, you have nothing else to offer. Yeah. It means you're not teaching them well. <laughs> like, <laughs> except all you have is shape. <laughs> all you have is motive, like trying to motivate them. It's like it, effort isn't the issue. Right. It, it, it's 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 understanding. It's 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 gaps. It's conceptual gaps. It's you know. Right. It's like da 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 da. And, and then
0: the other side of that is them saying, "Well, I'm just not good at it."
1: And right. Like, we well, just, that's
0: also another case. It's
1: absolutely yeah. yeah. You're that's absolute horseshit. <laughs> you
0: just you just don't know how to look at it correctly yet.
1: I mean, yeah, you're not good at it right now, but it's not because you can't ever be sure
0: good at yeah. it. You're good you're not good at it the way that somebody told you to try to do it before.
1: And right and so like my read on it at the time and again, this is some big like generalizing, like kind of borderline cosmic brain bullshit. Of,
0: there are caveats. There are special cases, but of course, I
1: I fully agree with your stance here. My read on it at the time was, it's like if you just if you don't like lean in and find and like force yourself to like go down those paths that are really difficult to you for you, you know, um, then 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 you then what do you do? You you go you go to school and you're like, okay, well, math was really easy for me. I guess I'll go to college for math okay this was so easy for me I guess I'll go to grad school for math okay cool and then you're a professor teaching a thing that was always easy for you and you don't understand how it can't be anything but easy to other people because mm-hmm. all you had to do was just all you, all you had to do was try harder and and it worked
0: <laughs> coming across people who who for whatever reason were able to stumble into maybe mm-hmm. that like happy path mm-hmm. of just like oh, this works, I'm just going to keep doing it. Oh, this works, keep doing it. And then they get to a point where they're, like, they're teaching other people how to do it, and then they have that attitude. It always blows my mind. Yeah. I, I didn't run into too many of them in, in my college experience, but there were certainly a couple where it's like, you don't get this? Why don't you get this?
1: What do you mean you don't understand this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean in – Wild. Another – a big aspect of teaching that a lot of people don't, don't really get, I think, is that – um Most ineffective teaching is done from talking um, over your audience. Yes. Not under. Yes. But there's this idea of like, well, I don't want to talk under you. um, Or I don't want to talk over you. Hold on, wait. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to undershoot your knowledge because that will feel like I'm disrespecting you. Sure. So I'm going to assume that you're here and i'm going to talk to you like you're here because i cuz i want to i want to show you respect um but it's like yeah 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 but i'm a student i'm paying to fucking be here i'm down here talk to me like i'm down here yes uh, <laughs> yes and, and sometimes that i think that is necessary
0: because you've got to fucking get on with things and i get that for sure but you're absolutely right like that and that just goes for communication in general like sure explaining anything to anyone anytime is like you're assuming that they know something about it. They may not know fucking anything. Yeah. And you have to be willing and able to, like, go down to the basics and just be like, all right, this and then this and then this and then the thing we're talking about. Right. Right, 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 right. And that's so much more important than taking a teaching course or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, I
1: will say, in defense of, of pedagogy and teaching courses. No. Since I'm. <laughs> Indefensible. Since I'm since I'm taking this opportunity to shit on those things, <laughs> um, after I had been teaching high school for a few years, and then I and then I I took some like seminars and some classes on like alternative certification.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Since I already had all the data on like the classroom management side of things, you know, then whenever they do the presentation, they say the thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's that definitely doesn't work when I try when I tried to do it. You're totally right. Um, (laughs) So I I don't want to, I I don't think that the information in those things is is bad or anything like that. Sure. But I don't think I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on pedagogy as a discipline and blah, 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 blah. There are useful things there for sure. um, But I just. Just like with anything else. Yeah. What I do know, what I can say that is that for a math degree, there is, there's two paths laid out for you. Do you want to get a bachelor of arts and take a bunch of pedagogy classes and have the summers off and just be a teacher? Or do you want to get a bachelor of science and take all the hard courses? And like <laughs> it's laid out that way. Mm-hmm. Do you want the do you want to take the easy path and be a teacher? You know.
0: <laughs> Baby's little bachelor of <laughs> arts. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. I mean um it's like, all right, well, you got Pascal too. Would you like to just do some easy things now?
0: Uh, I'm sure it's not that easy in some ways. <clears throat> and uh, I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. You do what you want to <laughs> do over there. I don't know enough about this to be able to
1: say that. <laughs> just that is like a specific example, and um, and you know, and so it's like it's not. Well, I mean, and it's true. It, it, it's it's a reflection of culturally how we see the profession uh, of teaching, societally how we see it. Of the like yeah. the, the shit in Florida right now, where it's like, oh, just let veterans teach, right? Or let veterans' wives teach, or some shit like that. Like, we're going to give them certifications because we're that short on teachers. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> right? I forgot all about that. <laughs> 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 like, listen.
0: No disrespect to veterans, but how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, don't don't pay teachers more. Like, don't don't do that. Um, yeah, don't incentivize people to start doing it. No, no, no.
1: Because this is the thing: is like you can be, you can have a degree, be really smart, and still be a fucking dog shit teacher, man. Uh, and so like, uh, but man, this is, this is the thing I can say too, is that there was a, in, in the, in the math classes that I was teaching at the level that I was at, because I was in this weird spot where I had like almost like course load wise. I had, you know, like half of a master's degree, but it wasn't as like graduate credits. So I was always teaching like the intermediate courses. Right. Mm. I, you know. Okay. Um. Anyway, I had like a depth of knowledge that wasn't proportional to my, my peers um, in some ways. But I can tell you, man, like it made a difference because... If you ask one of them why, why why does it work that way? They would say they would say like, well, because this is how you do it,
0: (laughs) because that's how I learned it, you know. Yeah.
1: Like they don't, and and and, and I would have answers for that because I knew I knew what mathematics was, like I I I, I, and so there's no way that so anyway you're not gonna have you're not gonna have people like that that aren't, that, that, that didn't, that don't have a degree, you know? Cause you have to be, you have to be trained by people who know the shit inside and out and can test you on those things and can pull you through the fucking coals. You know what I mean? Like, would, would you let those veterans do fucking like, it's like, oh right, we'll do just do basic training yourself and then report to duty and we'll send you overseas. Would you let them do that? <laughs> oh no, man. I got a, mm. no, dude. I got twelfth grade reading level. Just give you the manual. I'll basic train myself, and then uh I'll oh and then I'll see you on the flight over there.
0: Oh, did I do the training? No, I read the manual though. Like that's probably, it's probably fine, right? It's probably enough. <laughs> I didn't like go sweat and shit. No, <laughs>
1: I didn't go sweat and
0: shit. No. Man, yeah. that's just. Let's try to solve this problem that we created in this other f- fucked up way. Uh, yeah. By doing it this other fucked up way.
1: I don't yeah it's, it's wow. But the thing though, what maybe 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 if I if I was forced to say so, something constructive about that idea is that like there there might be something there there might be something really useful to this idea of <clears throat> stripping it away from all of the like the political bs, right? Or all of the all of that, mm-hmm. you know. Um you know maybe it is kind of fucked up that you have to have a bachelor's degree to be able to teach anything to be able to be any type of teacher at a school and have that kind of hands-on interaction with your community and mm-hmm. get paid and have some type of livelihood with it sure you know so maybe there's, there's ways that, you know what I mean? I I don't think this is the way to do it, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. You don't need to like, well, this guy, well, well, let's just get this guy to teach math. Who doesn't know math. Um, You know, like you don't need to do that. Um, But like, yeah, it would be nice if there were ways that people in the community who did not have bachelor's degrees could still contribute in a school setting, if they wanted to, or were you, able to, yeah, like in a way that that like they're yeah. qualified and competent to do so, yeah, for you know sure. what I mean. Definitely, that's not the conversation they're having. No, it's not. But I, I'm 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 tangent. It's a tangent. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I I I'm I'm just I'm just trying to like make it clear that I'm not saying like, like oh you can't you shouldn't be allowed to talk to children unless you have a bachelor's degree. Sure, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, or veterans can't teach. No man, like, no, close. that's not it. Not even like, close. why, why veterans? Like, why, why, why not? Why not some other group? That's you what know? I'm
0: saying. They're, they're trying to solve a fucked up problem in another fucked up, stupid way.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, that was that was a lot longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, we even cut part of it off at the beginning. Yeah. I think. yeah, 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 yeah. So and
0: one small section out of the middle.
1: Blunt. Anyway. Uh well I didn't expect that whole uh, pedagogical thing. <laughs> uh, so we do have a topic for today. Against against all odds, we do have a topic. <laughs> against all odds, one of these days I don't know it's gonna happen. We're just gonna be like, hey man, let's just <laughs> let's just see what happens. Well, if Jedever fucking comes over here, then yeah, we can. Yeah, that's probably we'll not feel gonna free happen. to do that. Yeah, well. Um. <laughs> Fair. Um. So. You probably didn't anticipate it, but I do have props today. Ooh. Um, I didn't. So. I, I mean, so to be fair,
0: I realized after I sent the, mm-hmm. the document, I was like, you know, I didn't really give a lot of context for a lot of this stuff. Hmm. And I figured I'd just leave it at that and just see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're talking about synthwave music today, which Robert is uh, Robert is the guide on this journey. So, but mm-hmm. I do have props. So, nice. um, so we got stronger things. Yeah, which is, you know, okay, fine. Cool. Um, and I got a, here we go. Make it fun. Make it fun. Because I think one of them you're going to get kicked out of. So uh, that's Perturbator, because that's the, the new model EP, which is one Hell of my fucking f- yeah. favorite pieces of music ever. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's a big deal to me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was listening to that a lot when we were um, recording and mixing the Small Deal record. Oh, wow. So it had a, it actually had a big influence on the track order and how I wanted the, the album flow. to flow. Yeah. Big. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would not have expected. And then this one I thought you'd maybe get a kick out of. <laughs>
0: Whoa, yeah, man. That's cool. This is the soundtrack to uh, the Michael Mann movie Thief. Uh, Starring James Caan. Yep. Uh, But soundtrack by... uh, Yeah, right. He died like a couple weeks ago or something like that. Not too long ago. Um, But yeah, soundtrack by Tangerine Dream. So,
1: fun story with this, right? I got this at uh, a record shop in Austin. Because I was there like visiting my in-laws or my father-in-law. And I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. (laughs) So... I mean, we've been there for a few days, and I was like, I'm just going to go down. I mean, this is a really, really cool record shop if you're ever in Austin, and, uh, End of an Ear. Yeah. <laughs> really, really cool. So, um, But yeah, I was in there, and I was like, you know, gathering up all sorts of shit. They always have, like, a very well-curated, like, everything in there and every section is really good. Good selection. Um, But I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, when I went to check out. You know, I was like, what is, what is this play? And they're like, oh, it's, it's this, it's this. I was like, can I buy that? They're like, sure thing, man.
0: No wait, Did they have another copy or did they sell you the copy? No, they, they were were like, oh, that's
1: <laughs> you good. Good. and, um, that's great. And so I, I hadn't, you know, like I heard it. I, I didn't have any context other than like, I heard it in this fucking record store and I thought it was cool. Right. And then I get, I, I like get back to the house with it you know and my my father was like so what'd you get (laughs) and i and i I show him and he was like (laughs) in his way in his way he was like i fucking love tangerine dream (laughs) he's that's an amazing movie that soundtrack's amazing tangerine dreams awesome dude yeah i have word (laughs) i like the coolest father-in-law that ever exists oh man somehow um You chose well. Yeah, yeah. It it really, it really, but it really like. Also, I'll never hear, I'll never like, I have a very like. That link is now made. Yeah, and it has fuck all nothing to do, almost nothing to do with the actual music. It's just with like this funny, like this happenstance little string of events, you know, of like. (laughs) I like that. Here you go. (laughs) <laughs> My father-in-law being like, so fucking love that. Yeah, that's good. That's great. So, and so I was I was tickled to see them on 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 this list. Right. Um.
0: All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a there's a few aspects to this whole thing. Um, there's the playlist itself, and then there are a number of other links that I kind of dropped in here. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there anything you want to start with necessarily? I don't know about all this stuff. Okay, okay. Um, I have a lot. Okay, well, let's. I guess let's just say um, you asked me how many episodes I saw this being right, mm-hmm. and I could do a, another couple episodes on this probably if we really wanted to. But I figure what I do for this is just stick it. Keep it confined to one episode and just try to do like a sort of basic, because I didn't know how the fuck much you knew about this right. at all. I didn't bother asking. Um, I figured we could just sort of say like, here's a basic overview of what, d- what synthwave quote mm-hmm. unquote is, basically where it came from, and then some of what I like about it and what I've gotten into is what the playlist I would make. And that's kind of, that's kind of what sure. I came up with here. So, like, a little bit of history in there, and then there's just, like, a lot of stuff that I've discovered that I got way into.
1: That makes sense. And and, and, and let's – let's because I have a lot of sort of, like – I don't want to say speculative, but maybe that's the best word. Speculative questions to, like, ask you and pick your brain about. Okay. But I think we'll, we'll just – we'll go with what you said.
0: Okay. So, so, there's there are a few other things on here, like – I didn't, I didn't ask either. Did you watch that documentary? I did.
1: Absolutely, I Excellent. did.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I watched it again today. <laughs>
1: it's so good. It's really good. It's a really, really great documentary.
0: I started watching it, and I was like, this seems kind of goofy, like the whole storyline thing they got. Oh, sure. But then as it went on, and then like John Carpenter shows up, and I was like, this is great. John Carpenter's it's so cool. So well, he's the coolest. <laughs> he's the coolest. Oh man, he's so cool. I don't uh,
1: know if it's possible to be any cooler than Challenge. It absolutely isn't.
0: And it's like on just the oh. full display here. Um
1: So maybe maybe this would make sense too is like as a general cause I one of the things you put in this link was uh like the essential like synth wave
0: So yeah, so there's there's a uh I think there's probably a few different subreddits that have to do with synth wave and this one in particular was Outrun uh which is like a sub sub genre of synthwave, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that. Like synthwave in and of itself is like a very nebulous, if unaccepted term <laughs> for mm-hmm. this music, mm. but it is kind of what people know it as. It's one of those things where like it didn't mean that. For a lot of people in it, and it didn't mean that for a long time. But now it's meant that yeah. for so long to so many people that that is that's what it is, what yeah. it means
1: now. That's that they mentioned that in like the document, of like like we were just making music that we liked, and then all of a sudden around 2010 we were synthwave, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, synthwave as a,
0: as a term as a genre is very is relatively new, right? Because uh, yeah, the shit's been going on in certain ways for 40 years. It turns out, uh-huh. like strangely. Or in, in pockets of time within that time frame, let's say.
1: Right, that is the interesting thing about it. Is that it seems like synthwave, like like when is synthwave music made? And it's like it is made, a, it, it is made between, it is made up till 1982, and 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 then not again until 2008, right. or something. You know, uh, it's made
0: when you watch a movie that makes you feel a certain way. Right, <laughs> is when it's made. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The the. The synth wave was the journey all along. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've,
0: I came across some pretty good um brief explainer well not yeah. Some some sort of explainers on, on the subgenre breakdown uh, mm-hmm. for the various for synth wave and the subgenres within it. Uh and big cool graphics that are like, these albums are this. This album's this is dark wave, this is skate wave or whatever the fuck right, it was or like
1: our pop or or like you know like the ones that are more vocal based or, and whatever and yeah there's so many and it was i, I <clears throat> so my two big associations are like where my my reference fame right is i was familiar with i was familiar with uh, perturbator um they're the um even though i'm not extremely familiar with all of this catalog i mean I have a very intense relationship with that one particular record. Um, and then I, and then because I got into that, I branched out a little, but nothing else. I didn't get very far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I, I knew about like ghost and I knew, you know, G O S T and I knew right. about Carpenter Brute or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you introduced me to dance of the dead. Um, you know, all those years ago when we did a proto version of this. <clears throat> right. And then you also introduced me to Kavinsky on there mm-hmm. and the song Night Call, yeah. which I developed an infatuation with that song.
0: <laughs> a lot of people did.
1: It's <laughs> You're not alone. It is a, it is a, that is a, there might not be a more perfect, like, special angsty boy song.
0: Than that one, yep. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's built into the, the character of that whole guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's so.
1: something about you, man. And you're like, yeah, I'm very special. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and then also last year, I somehow, for whatever reason, got into the band The Midnight. Okay, cool. And um, and so one particular record of theirs that I've just like worn out um and i can't remember what it is <laughs> the title of it but it's 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 relatively recent um so it's
0: interesting so over the years you've kind of found these little these little pieces of it and then got super super into it yeah like uh, you you found you found one little input in, inlet and like dug way 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 deep and then just came right uh, back up and then kept going a little
1: <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit
0: cuz really cuz what i did was like i found that but then i like started pulling and sampling from everywhere and extremely broad reach throughout
1: right like I would tend to find an album that I like and I would get into that album, you know. So right. Endless Summer is is the,
0: the the midnight album.
1: Yeah, that I got that I that I love, 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 love. And but something that I think is really interesting is you know, while I was like looking up their stuff, okay, so this is like a Wikipedia blurb mm-hmm. from them. It's like the band's motto is Mono no Aware. So it's, 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 uh, it's Japanese and it's a Japanese phrase that loosely translates to a sense of nostalgic wistfulness and the awareness that nothing lasts forever. And, uh, yeah. So in that rise of the synth documentary, like the first movement of it is really just asking all these people, like, so what the fuck is it? Yeah. And almost all of the definitions involve eighties and nostalgia. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> you know, um, and I answer I, answers
0: coming from a lot of people who didn't even live through the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which honestly makes sense because. I don't think there's a. it didn't seem like there was a lot of like <laughs> how to say it, there's not a lot of Gen Xers that were making synth wave. Not a lot. No, because because they're like, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you were there. And you weren't just um, consuming the pop culture that it created, right? Yep. Um, But anyway, so that's like my reference frame. It's always been a sound that I liked and that I was aware that it was a thing. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I could never really, really find my footing in it, you know? You
0: just like never felt a need to go out looking, really?
1: Well, I mean, I would a little but it would just i mean you know i'll put on put on random synth You know, find a synth playlist and i'll listen to it and oh that's cool that's cool that's cool that's cool that's cool right but for whatever reasons those explorations wouldn't it just never got super intellectual for me i guess it never got like okay so when did it start when did it this when did it da, 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 da. i never dug out, for whatever reason um well so i never really did that
0: either mm-hmm. until we were gonna do this mm. um so like I just found this documentary the other week or whatever so and, and really dug into a lot of the history exactly until this.
1: So when did you become aware of it as a genre? Probably right
0: around uh, 2011, 2012. So 2011 was when Drive came out and 2012 was when Hotline Miami came out, which was the game Okay. that uh, had a number of the tracks that are on this playlist. Okay originally come from that was the first place i encountered a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff and a lot of these artists uh, and uh it's sort of that was for anyone who played video games but didn't watch movies that was probably how they found out about synthwave because like if you didn't see drive and you played video games you probably found this somehow I see. Or another uh and it was like a confluence of things it was like the game was 10 bucks at the time which was like super cheap for 2012 mm-hmm. uh cheap games weren't a huge thing uh and it was so uh it was so different from a lot of other things it was like very very intense and the soundtrack had a lot to do with that um but uh it wasn't that these artists were making songs for the game it was just they took songs that they thought fit i see so when we did the video game episodes i explicitly did not use any music from this game because it's just songs i see
1: uh, it, wasn't it wasn't for the game. Right, 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 yeah, right, right. But so yeah, what? <laughs> uh, no, I'm laughing at the thought of of like today we're going to talk about video game OSTs, and we're just going to talk about the different radio stations.
2: <laughs> and On Grand Theft Auto. Auto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Here's a rock band playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, I mean, I'll talk about the Tony Hawk Two soundtrack all day long. But let's not do that that's not a That's not an interesting episode um so yeah like 2011 2012 is when i got into okay. it okay and like sort of really understood what it was and like found you know outrun the Kavinsky album or that, that didn't come out until a little bit later uh did it that was 2013 either way that song was on drive right and so that was how i found out about him initially Gotcha. Uh, but, like, this song I put on the playlist, like, Testarossa Autodrive, mm-hmm. was from, like, 2006. It was, like, way earlier. Gotcha. And that was, that was like, one of the first examples. And in, in the documentary, there are a few others who, are like, 2008, 2007, kind of, like, the early stuff. And they go into, like, you know, MySpace Origins and all this other shit. Right. Um, so, for a very long time, it was extremely underground. And, like, if you knew, you knew. If you were making it, you probably knew people who were making it, that sort of thing. Right, But right. it didn't grow into its own genre for a while longer
1: right and it, it seems like there were a couple of watershed moments of cultural awareness of it you know drive yeah that's seems like the everyone keeps coming back to that movie. right which i haven't seen really i haven't oh man i
0: almost thought about asking you and saying you should watch it if not but
1: um i I'm, I'm meant to but you know time yeah that's right. and i like it a lot I, I think it's great. I think a lot of people
0: don't like it too much cuz it's extremely slow. Mm. Uh and it's all it's much like this music. It's very like atmospheric. It's like that's what it's about. Got it. Build
1: up tension. <sighs> well, it it's something that I've always been interested in and respected, I guess, because actually the first time I heard about it was like Harrison told me about it. Not too long after it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like this movie's really really good and the music's really cool. <laughs> you know yeah. and so that that was like sort of a i don't know i feel like i had an interesting like i was close friends with or well, cuz i was spending a lot of time around around those guys like Harrison and Jacob we were we were actually playing a lot of music together mm. and he uh, and they're like 4 years younger than us and so they I don't know. I had like a peripheral awareness of like, oh, there's this like retro shit or whatever. And like I probably had some snarky hot take about it at the time or whatever. <laughs> right. But um but then like the next the next thing was like when Stranger Things came out. Mm-hmm. And and I and I and I, I felt like I recognized the sound design in it. Like I was like, oh, they're doing like that, that retro synthy thing that 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 that's real hip now. Yeah, you know. So that and, was
0: twenty sixteen, right? Uh, yeah. By that point, I remember people. I I was seeing people, who like were into it, be like, oh, this is going mainstream or whatever the fuck it was. Right. So right, there was right. like both sides of it. It was like, oh, this is cool, It was more of this. And they're like, oh, fucking, they're doing this shit?
1: Or... Right, this is the, the yeah. this is the killer moment of it. This is our, our movement dies. And, um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then like, the whole, and then, and then Thor Ragnarok. That was like, another. Yep. Well, whenever I saw, like the trailer, might mean, not even the trailer, but like when I saw that and I was like, well, <laughs> we have arrived. The, the, this is just happening now. This is, um, and like I at first I like couldn't tell. I was like, is this sincere or is this hokey? Like, I mean, in the way that they were treating it in Thor Ragnarok, like, are they trying to be hip or is right. this come from a genuine place? It's absolutely come from a genuine place. Yeah, Taika Waititi is awesome. Anyway, um, but yeah, so the but but I mean, but honestly, like to think of, you know, something having origins in two thousand six. Like as a genre, two thousand eight, and then in two thousand twelve, being in this hugely successful, acclaimed movie, you know, with Drive. Yeah, like that's that's pretty quick turnaround.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really weird. It's despite the documentary spanning like four decades, it feels like it happened very very quickly. Um, Right. Well, and so what are one of the other, well, I mean, in a way it did, but uh, a lot of this stuff was planted in different ways over the over long periods of time, right? Right. Like, whether explicitly through, like, the John Carpenter stuff back in the 70s and 80s, uh, among others, uh, or, you know, through a lot of the stuff that I didn't bother referencing on here that I still do acknowledge as, like... Uh, inspirations and stepping stones along the way that they do in the documentary as well. Like, uh, you come along to stuff like Daft Punk
2: Mm -hmm. in the
0: 90s. Right. uh, Like, late 90s. uh, On to stuff like Justice, which I'm way the fuck into also. What's Justice? They're another French, like, electro-techno duo. Leave it to the French. Precisely. If you you learn one thing from this documentary, (laughs) it's that the French, you know what the fuck they're doing. I... (laughs) Man, I... (laughs)
2: <laughs> like I
1: there's a note in here right where I said that it was like <laughs> it's always the French. It always is um, the French. I that's like one of my hot takes is it's like I don't like I only wanna hear like post black metal if it's made in France. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like no one else does it right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what it is. I can't. you know what I mean? But but like whatever they however they do it there. <laughs> yeah yeah there's clearly something going on well there was something interesting that they said in the documentary specific uh, speaking specifically about France and like the idea that it never it never became uncool right and that really hit me because I I do remember when we were kids like the sound of a keyboard was absolutely uncool hundred percent unless it was nine inch nails that was it yep. Like which they
0: go into in there
1: as well. It, yeah, yeah. it touched on that. Like, do you do you remember the strife that it caused when I showed Jeremy's soil work? Yep.
0: And oh, the, excuse me, an American Airlines commercial. I believe he, it was. Gone. Yeah, yeah. He said it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he fucking said. Um, <laughs> which I never fully understood. <laughs> but he, he, right. Well, well, because to him, he heard like keyboard. He thought synth. He thought eighties, and he hated everything about the 80s um that wasn't Metallica or slayer i guess which that didn't seem 80s because that wasn't mainstream or whatever but he hated like all everything every all popular 80s he, he did yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 you know which is there's a, there's also a really interesting thing too of i don't know what to i don't know what to call it like a survivor bias almost almost but like The stuff that's still relevant about the 80s now is the really, really good shit. Um, The stuff that was still relevant about the 80s, it was left over in, like, fucking 1995. Ah! (laughs) You know, like, there hadn't been enough time to really, you know, like, we didn't, for for us to have an understanding, Mm -hmm. right, as teenagers at the time, of, like, what was really amazing and unique about this decade and, and the music of this decade and whatnot, you know? Uh,
0: well, there's also a difference there between what's relevant still and what's remembered mm. still. It's,
1: it's too good. Those are two good things to pit against, two ideas to pit against each other, relevant versus remembered.
0: Because like you're saying, a lot of shit did kind of fall away over time, but then a lot of the stuff that was popular that maybe helped these aspects of music become uncool, mm-hmm. Uh, like the way that it got really poppy and <laughs> You know, like Madonna was using keyboards and all this other shit. Sure. Or, or whatever else, you know. Whatever.
1: Yeah, because I don't remember. Yeah, but like... But you don't, because you don't remember. Yeah. There's a tsunami of bad music that we, that, that that's no longer relevant. Right. That we don't remember. <laughs> right. Because um, it's been 30 some odd years or whatever. Um, but, but it was still remembered in 1995. Yeah, yeah. And so then, like, the thing that I had said... <laughs> the, the whole purpose of this podcast, the whole, the whole show, all of it was just for me to accidentally say the phrase that, of uh, that, uh, what makes something feel dated is if people stop doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like my, 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 my one contribution. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so So, like, there there becomes, you know, like, if you have these things that are, you you, okay, well, I remember this music being hacky and this or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And whatever sort of trappings are associated with it, you're going to associate those trappings with how you feel about that music. Like, those elements. Even if those elements have been used in amazing ways on other great music. Right. You know? And so you get a bunch of us, like, loud-ass kids in the 90s and we didn't want a fucking keyboard anywhere fucking near... What we were making yeah you
0: know or just like anything that was that had been popular in the last few years really
1: like yeah because hair metal down the fucking drain. oh god yeah we didn't want any fucking part of that <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like yeah like it wasn't just like the sound of a of a synthesizer that we didn't want a part of but but it was you know
0: it was like it was the connotation with all the shit that
1: had been using it <clears throat> right. right 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 but yeah we didn't want it. we didn't want a part of hair metal either you know there was a lot of shit we didn't want to part of. We didn't want to part of grunge, though, either, even though we were, we couldn't, there was, I can see now there was a lot of that we couldn't even, we, you couldn't separate yourself from it if you tried. Um, <laughs> if you were, if you were our, our age, you know? Um. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but, but, but like, in, in that documentary they talked about, like, in something, you know, the, a, a segment where they talk about, like, you know, in France, it was like, well, it never became uncool, and it definitely became uncool here.
0: Yes, for a time. Yeah, so that that did make me wonder, like, what the music scene looked like at the time then, because it makes that kind of makes it apparent that, well, like I guess the only thing that makes it apparent is that they didn't react to the grunge movement the way that we did, mm-hmm. and so that begs the question, like, was it a thing there really? I wonder too I if know.
1: if there's a different awareness. Uh, because what did happen in the '90s was, for for our generation, in like a pop culture sense, was this awareness of techno, and then later rave music. Yeah, and so I wonder if, because I don't know, maybe they're just more educated and more aware of like electronic music as a whole, and like the different subgenres and the different things. All the different things that electronic music can do, like acid and house and all that sort of stuff that I don't fucking know any that I do not understand, yeah, um, that I'm or that I'm ignorant of. Whereas we were like, oh well, if it doesn't have like guitars and live drums, then it's techno, or if you dance to it, it's techno. You know, we had a very limited understanding of that, and so it just wasn't it just wasn't pushed over here. Uh In the same way, I was talking about that this the other night of me and Allison. I don't, I don't know. Someone came. I was like, you know, she was like, yeah, the '90s were weird, or, or, and I was like, and I was like, thinking, I was like, yeah, like the '90s were kind of almost in, in, in a strange way. The '90s were like the last decade that the music industry, maybe like the movie industry to a lesser extent, but the music industry had firm control over all the levers of influence that it had spent the past decades working to acquire. Right. It's like you could still, like, decide what was going to be popular. You were you could still, like, steer people's tastes however you want it, you know? And, well, this is what's going to be on MTV. This is what people are going to see. This is what, you know what I mean? Like, you could still... They still had... All those things were systems of power were still very much in place. Yeah. Um, definitely. And it was, you know, pre-internet basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I remember
0: how I found out about like techno and shit in the nineties was because of like at 2am on MTV on like Saturday night or whatever, amp would come on Mm. and it was, they would just play like an hour of fucking bizarre techno videos. Most of them British and probably a lot of them French actually. Mm -hmm. Um, but they would play stuff like like Future Sound of London or The Prodigy mm. or uh, Orbital or whatever the fuck else, right. uh, and that was how I found out about that stuff. But it was a weird thing that they did at two a.m. on Saturday or Sunday night or whatever it was, right. and you had to go find that stuff if you right. you know they weren't putting it on. It was like TRL, you know, time slots or whatever. Exactly. Um, and then they stopped doing it after a while, but uh, it was it was weird and it was like interesting and it was. Mm-hmm. Completely different to anything that was on the radio or or regular MTV rotation here,
1: right? Right, and it so it was very intriguing. And it was, but it was it was like truly like one thing, <laughs> like electronic music, yes. like all this one thing. Yeah,
0: for all for all the like weird uh, subgenres and and uh, uh, what am I trying to say? All the little differences, in there, right? You know, like they just put it under the one. It was techno. It was yeah, like
1: yeah. like yeah, like um like the Prodigy, Lords of Acid and Aphex Twin are all the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Daft Punk. They're all the, that's all the same shit. <laughs> yes. You know, it's all techno. Yeah. Um and so they didn't have
0: the they didn't have the the vocabulary to point out the subtleties or care about them.
1: Right, 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 right. And so anyway, I I feel like there's 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 something more in depth there, but I don't know how to get to it. Um. But uh, okay.
0: But yeah. Anyway, uh, to get back to what I was saying a minute ago, like there are things like Daft Punk that were happening in the '90s, leading into like Justice to the 2000s, mm-hmm. early 2000s. That, like, to me, have very clear uh, inspirational lines you could draw to mm. to what synthwave would become. I see over time. Uh, and then something else I put on that list. Uh, that I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't point to any game influences mm. in this documentary, um, especially since John Carpenter is involved and he is bizarrely a huge gamer. <laughs> no shit. So, uh, quick side tangent on that. Uh, something I forgot initially but added to my own notes was that in 2013 and 14, this this website that I always referenced, Giant Bomb, the video game coverage, they do a they do their yearly like game of the year lists and they get a bunch of guests to come in and mm-hmm. like give us a top ten list and we'll publish it on the site and add whatever notes you want. And in thirteen and fourteen, uh, one of the dudes who worked there was like way into movies and he like shot an email to John Carpenter. He was like, Fuck it, maybe he'll answer. And sure enough, John Carpenter's like, here are my favorite games and like and just like the most bullshit like surface level things, but you can tell he plays games. But he was, was like, Dragon Age Origins. It's great. And that was like kind of all he said about it, but he just gave all these like Borderlands too, like, and yeah. But he he responded with this list of games, and he's always been a big advocate. And he's like, I want to make a horror game and all this stuff. But so he's he's bizarrely into that world
1: as a fan. That's so cool.
0: It's pretty cool. Uh, as if he wasn't cool enough already.
1: Yeah, he didn't need any more cool points. But, yeah, exactly. You know.
0: But uh, anyway, I'm surprised they didn't touch on games because Hotline Miami was a huge deal for a lot of these artists, especially. I see. Kind of blowing up. Uh, But then also in 2002, I think, was when Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out. Right. And that was like, especially from what I remember, uh, it was the first big cultural milestone of like, look at the 80s. Wasn't this cool? Mm. Because it was heavily, heavily styled off of Miami Vice and Scarface. And all of the yeah. radio stations were just playing '80s shit, and it was great. And so, for someone like me who had just come out of the, like I born in '83, so kind of grew up in the '80s, hearing a lot of that music. But then we moved on into the '90s, and for us, all that stuff was immediately, like we said, very uncool. Right. To like see that presented in a cool light, and then just like, here it is. Here it. Is. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this, and then be able to get into it and go. Oh, actually, a lot of this stuff is. Pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. That was like a huge turning point of like the 80s. Maybe no longer super uncool. Actually, a lot of this is really cool. And I think that even though they don't reference it in here, I think that that probably had a lot of influence. Because I, a lot of these dudes are like seemingly about our age, if not a
1: bit younger. R- right. And would you, if they were fucking 20 years old. They would definitely fucking playing video games. Almost assuredly so. Um, and if yeah. they weren't playing... Cause you know, cause I I I I didn't play those games because I was busy. Because I was gigging, you know <laughs> right. what I mean, and and um, but I was still aware. You know what I mean. I was still aware of those games and aware of Vice City and and whatnot, and and aware of that, like, you know, cause that was that is another thing. Is that like when we were in school, like the seventies were the coolest fucking thing like that was not the 60s but the 70s that that seemed to be the coolest fucking thing for whatever reason you know yeah i was like my favorite band was black sabbath and people were wearing bell bottoms yeah and they actually had a the you know there was a successful show called that 70s 70's show (laughs) it's very true and so there's something you know
0: yeah And like, if you were into, if you were into like rock and stuff, like Led Zeppelin were gods, you know,
1: that was just how that was. Yeah, I don't, that, that one's a little harder for me to like put my finger on because I didn't get Led Zeppelin for much, much later. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had Led Zeppelin 4. I bought that when I was in junior high. I was like, this is fucking incredible. But I wasn't trying to emulate it. You know what I mean? It, It wasn't mind sure I mm. I, mean,
0: I mean more in like to just the public consciousness
1: yeah or just yeah.
0: people who were into metal or gen- or rock or you know m- more generally right yeah but, but like uh, it was like taken for granted
1: yeah and like the Grateful Dead was doing really really well touring during this time also huh. it's like it's like an interesting thing like kids yeah. were going to fucking see the Grateful Dead all over the fucking wow. place I didn't realize that you know um shit like that uh so it's there's 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 something there's I don't know there's a weird like
0: it's sort of known that there's like a sort of a two get two decade like lag time between when shit comes back around. Right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: There's a I think there's a name for that even. But,
1: mm, uh, mm.
0: but yeah, that that kind of lines up.
1: And so you know, two thousand two with if I, that would be on schedule.
0: Yeah, if a little bit early, even sure. But like that's the first thing that I remember coming across where it's like. Hey, remember the 80s? Shit was fucking rad. <laughs> Even, whereas, whereas up until then, it was just like taken for granted that, remember that? That sucked. We just came out at that time.
1: Right. I think a lot of it, too, a lot of our, because I think we were influenced, m- maybe not in sound, but in ethos by like hardcore punk. Yeah. And and hardcore punk was like, fuck <laughs> fuck Ronald Reagan and fuck the 80s. Yeah. Um and so I think that might have and and so that might have maybe maybe I'm speculating. Like that might have been like like Henry Rollins didn't talk about the 80s being cool, you <laughs> right. know. Um yeah, maybe some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know though. I don't know.
0: But I I think like even though we weren't Gen Xers, like, I think that whole grunge revolution and that whole aspect of it had a big effect on us.
1: It absolutely did.
0: Uh, Because, like, growing up, like, all my favorite movies were 80s movies. Of course. And I never stopped liking them, but at some point, thinking about that time period, like, became uncool. And I think the people who, like, like, you sort of alluded to earlier, that maybe the people who were living through it and at that point, where the people speaking in media to us had a lot more influence on that,
1: right? And and I I can only speak to like the music side of it, you know, because I don't think I ever stopped liking any of the movies. I don't. I didn't either. I don't think. I don't either. think I ever stopped watching them either. Yeah. Um, like Ghostbusters was never not cool. No, nope. that's still one of the best <laughs> um, movies ever made. <laughs> and, but there was definitely like a feeling of like. You know, oh well, fucking Tears for Fears definitely sucks. <laughs> you know, mm. Depeche Mode definitely sucks. <laughs> you know, like that. There was definitely that kind of feeling. Um, you know, Huey Lewis in the news definitely sucks. Huey
0: Lewis definitely sucks. I like Depeche Mode a lot.
1: Um, Depeche
0: Mode's amazing. I always did.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I did too. I bought I bought their Violate CD from the fucking trainer, like <laughs> at the. At the fucking high school, he wow. was selling a bunch of CDs, and I was like, "I'll take Bill and Ted's bogus journey and Depeche Mode." <laughs> <coughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, because because we we being 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 born in 1983, and like coming of age, right after the grunge explosion it it we're in just this exact right time for us to not be aware of what it was really like before it so we just woke up like in the kind of as in the like somewhere near the crest of the wave yeah and so it was all we knew in a sense yeah yeah that makes sense uh but yeah, like I really like the the some of these definitions and some of the things they said in the documentary, like the illegitimate child of new wave and metal.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and that really tracks because, well, for one thing, a lot of these guys seem to have come from metal, which I would not have necessarily expected. But thinking about a lot of not not necessarily everything on this playlist, but a lot of the stuff that I do like about a lot of this music, Mm -hmm. it's very like, it's very driving like metal
1: is. Right. I mean, that's how I found out about Perturbator is because he's covered in the metal press. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Especially more whenever um, the label he was on, Blood Music, was more active. Because they did a lot of metal stuff too. um they they were like synth wave or dark synth or whatever and metal like those were the two things they would do like they did like a strapping and lad box set they did an emperor box set damn they did all sorts of really really cool shit way back in the day and i got to be a fan of that label you know what i mean right and i was like okay well what's this perturbator band on this fucking label you know what i mean like i
0: anything they put their name on is probably gonna be pretty quality Yeah, yeah yeah
1: like and so that would show up on like metal news sites and stuff like that. Like a new perturbator album, blah, blah 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 blah. You know, new ghost album, G O S T. Yeah. You know? Um, Carpenter Brute, you know, like so these these bands were getting coverage in the metal press like there there was an overlap. Right. I um, mean, on
0: some level it, it makes sense to me because you listen to some of Carpenter Brute shit, it is like fucking intense like right. metal can be. Right. Just not using the same instruments or styles or anything. Right. It's a different toolkit.
2: Yeah.
1: It's different, but also, but then and also, it leans so heavily on the atmosphere, which not necessarily a lot of the metal that we played or, or that like we overlap with that isn't necessarily huge in the atmosphere, but black metal is all atmosphere. Right, right. You know, and so it makes sense that there's, overlap there as well uh, yeah
0: so there was there's a sort of a larger point to that well not, not that exact point you're making but there was a weird parallel and a disconnect for me between forms of extreme metal and this type of music where if I look at this is not not to do with what we were just talking about exactly but just sort of, sort of tangentially related like I was thinking about, I look at like the names of metal, of of extreme metal bands, the the things that they call their albums, the song titles they use, the sort of themes that they go for. And a lot of times, more often than not, I look at it and I'm like, that's kind of fucking goofy. Mm -hmm. And so something about that reads to me as more goofy than not. I can look at a lot of synthwave related stuff and stuff in this sort of sphere and more often than not i'm like that's pretty cool but it's really just the same dumb comic book shit (laughs) yeah on both sides and i'm like what is it about that that somehow to me makes that uh alluring and then the stuff over here i'm just like obviously not i don't know i don't have an answer for it i just wanted to point that out
1: yeah to me there's a lot of like (laughs) I think, th- I don't know that I, I've never come across a genre of mu- of music that had, like, metal and synthwave seem to be the only two styles that have th- so many well-defined sub-genres.
2: mm, mm.
1: You know? And again, I, d- I don't know why that, because it's, I, I do know why, because it's a bunch of fucking nerds. bunch of nerds, yeah, making that's Making this right. fucking music. <laughs> that's the reason. Yep. Um... <laughs>
0: Like <laughs> And since so many of these people came from metal, it stands to reason. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I I like I was skipping a Wikipedia article and I was like, What the fuck is fash wave? I was like, it can't it must mean fashion, right? Please tell me it's fashion. It's not. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like it's like but
0: fascist wave. Yep. Is what it is. Yep, yep,
2: yep, yep. Oh, um
1: of course, and then you and then you're like you know people initially thought it was just like a, another ancillary meme wave subgenre like Trump wave and it was like what is this <laughs> sentence that I just read? <laughs> <sighs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about these subgenres and like how they how they spring up is like any one artist can just do a thing and then all of a sudden that is a new that's avenue. A thing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to get back to like these these sort of explainer images that i, I added in here mm, that uh-huh. sort of breaks these things down into subgenres all of that shit to me is meaningless i just wanted to put it in here as an example of what all like the sort of variety that there can be to me all of this shit just falls under the same umbrella and i don't care to go any further than that gotcha um and i just, i like stuff from all of those
1: groupings it it is useful to sort of For me, as like a noob, if you will, to see these things lined out, because I am kind of loosely familiar with some of these things. Yeah. And so to sort of see like, okay, outrun, like Kavinsky is in this outrun thing, and that's different than what Perturbator and Carpenter Brute is, because that's in the dark synth thing. right. Okay, and Dan Terminus and whatnot. And then it's like, okay. well what's that other group though? Like? Oh, the midnight. Okay, yeah, synth pop, vocal. That makes sense. Yeah, all right. that is different. Yeah. and it it, it does it does help.
0: and it, and it's not that there aren't differences. Like if you look at these groupings and listen to these artists or like mm-hmm. just know some of this music, it's very clear that there are differences. Like I, I find myself listening to like a lot of dark synth mm-hmm. related stuff. Like you got yeah, your metal shows, <laughs> you got like Daniel Deluxe in here. Dance with the dead is in here. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter Brute, because it's a lot of like minor key. Like you it sounds like you're listening to a fucking John Carpenter score. Right. A lot of times the stuff in outrun is always like car related mm. or it sounds like you're hauling ass down the road. Right. You know, in, in, in as much as it can, you know, Yeah, yeah. like yeah, I'll yeah. find myself listening to like a fucking laser Hawk album and I'm like, look down and I'm doing like 90. I'm like, whoa nice it it, it works
1: it's effective i I would find excuses to drive at night (laughs) (laughs) when i was when i was really into that that uh new model that record i was like yeah
2: It it's there's something there.
1: It's like oh I think I need to I think oh I need to go get something from the store. I need to go get something from the HEB in Mont Bellevue Yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll be back in two hours, yeah. Allison.
0: <laughs> oh HEB just right up the st- Another one like two uh, towns over. I need mm-hmm. to go to that one actually. I
1: need to I need to traverse five zip codes uh, so that this album can play exactly three times through. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah it's n- it's not that these groupings are
0: meaningless it's just that I like so much of this stuff that for me I just kind of don't care
1: I I hear you I'm
0: never gonna go looking for a new dark synth album
1: or whatever I got you. yeah and I mean and honestly I feel similarly about metal I mean mm. there, there's 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 places that I tend to nestle you know what I mean but I'm I'm not exclusive you know <laughs> you, you know what I mean I don't and some people are, and those people are crazy to me, that are like, only like death metal. I don't like black metal, you
0: know? Um, yeah, I um, only like shred wave. <laughs> um, stay away from R-E-D-M, or yuppie wave.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, oh, but but these these definitions they throw out, some of this stuff is so interesting, like... Um, like forward facing and backward facing at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're taking stuff that's it clearly inspired from some past time, but like doing new things with it.
1: Yeah, like there is um and
0: so that reminds or, or more to the point, mm-hmm. not not only doing new things but with it, but explicitly not doing what was done before and and only looking to new things.
1: Right. And th- I think that is something that is very special and very unique about this genre of music. There was something okay. There was something that the guys in I think in Gunship said, uh, something to the effect of like, "It's a new music. It doesn't sound like the '80s. It's the sound of the feelings we have about the '80s projected right. onto music." Exactly what this is. Something like that, and he said, and then and he said something else. And he's like, "You know, it was a time when films wore their heart on their sleeve." And before you got into like the meta and the self awareness, yes, as it was like a less cynical time, yes. But this idea of like a movie wearing its heart on its sleeve, that really that really stuck in my head, and and the idea of of the art wearing its heart on its sleeve, and 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 in a way, I think that in a sense, synthwave does really what all all. All art does and all genres of music do. do. Um, But Synthwave is just very honest about what it's doing. Um, Because, like, they're like, yeah, we're taking things from this time period because this is what makes us feel good. And we're using this and, 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 and we're using that and going forward with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, because grunge fucking did that, like, but it was with punk rock, and but then taking like a metallic edge, whatever that means, but putting a punk ethos with it, yeah, and and like a pop sensibility, if you will, for like the better word, um, b- because there were songs that were pop songs, yeah, um, pop in a very loose sense, writing hooks, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff so you could sing, stuff so you could remember, stuff so you could play on the radio. You know, but it's still a looking, it's still a looking back to look forward, but it's, but it's being more cagey about it, you know?
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I forget who brought it up in here was like, um, one of the thing, one of the aspects of this movement that they, uh, really identified with or, or really enjoyed was that a lot of people who are involved in it are very aware of where this all came from, mm-hmm. or, as opposed to a lot of maybe some other genres who couldn't give a shit.
1: I see, or yeah, something like that, right? And that
0: kind of is basically that exactly.
1: Yeah, but I think that that, oh, and I mean, it, or even even in film, right? Like you, you look at, I mean, gosh, like Star Wars. This is just the example I can think of. You know like he's referencing samurai films. He's referencing, you know, Buck Rogers. He's referencing yeah. all these things. And then he makes Indiana Jones. He's referencing Alan's and He's, he's referencing he's, he's George Lucas <laughs> was just like making the shit, like remaking shit from his childhood. Yeah. The, like remaking the shit that had meant something to him. Right. Yeah. Um, and making the movie that he wanted to see. Um, so like this is, this is, this is what all art is in, in so many ways it's, it's just that synthwave is just very like explicit and very like yeah this is <laughs> like ho- I don't know I that that I don't know like hard on its sleeve is feels that I don't know that that really stuck with me when I when I heard him say it I was like yeah because that's yeah because it's it's not and I think that that is what is another thing that's so special about this music that like makes it. Because it goes down so easy. Um, and it's it's not trying to be clever. Right. Like, it's not... It's not trying... It's not even as hip as it is or has been or was at times the past 10 years. It doesn't feel like it was ever really trying to be. Not really. And that's kind of something, actually,
0: that... Um, that's something that I wonder about with this genre. Because they... They say a few times, like, they reference it in a different way. They kind of say, like, you know, when something starts to get popular, eventually it's going to be, you know, co-opted and mm-hmm. bastardized into whatever else, or people are just going to get tired of it or whatever. And they're like, how many more years do we have? <laughs> yeah, like we got five to ten? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I come at that same question from a different perspective, though, which is, like, in trying to put together a playlist for this, I could have put... Four or five hours of music on here for you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the problem that I ran into very quickly was like a lot of this, especially if you don't listen to it a lot, a lot of this might just sound the same. Yeah. And on the one hand, that's what I like about a lot of it. Right. Because I know what I'm getting. Yep. On the other hand, there's not a ton of nuance to it unless you kind of know exactly what you're looking for. Like with all these subgenres, like I said, there are differences, but to me, it's all just kind of in the same realm. And so, Um, will this reach a, like, creative uh, point of – a diminishing return point, right? Sure. Like, sooner rather than later. I mean, it's going – it's been going for, you know, 10, 15 years at this point.
1: Yeah, like, how much more can you do with it? Yeah, and how much
0: differentiation really has there been, but seemingly enough? But, man, fucking – but but does there need to be a lot? Actually, also is a, the other part of that
1: right? Well, can, can
0: you just keep kind of doing this for a while? And
1: I I think that it'll because for one, and with any style of music, people are always saying that shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, that like, oh, there's what else can you do with it? You know. Um, I saw an interview recently with Carl Sanders of Nile, and he just, you know, that motherfucker's like almost sixty, okay, and he was, you know, he was like, he was like, yeah, man, the stuff that the stuff that younger bands are doing in metal and extreme metal and death metal and the the different influences they're pulling it pulling into it, I think it's amazing. I think the future of extreme metal is really really bright, and I don't think it's anywhere close you know like the well is nowhere close to having run dry and stuff like that and sure it's just cool to hear someone like that s- yes say something like that yeah um and and so
0: <clears throat> i mean my my only my only argument against that for this type of music is that it comes from a, such a hyper specific place sure of course and of it is and it is this very like purposefully "Quote unquote, like simple thing,
1: right? But you know, death metal has been going on f- for thirty-five years, arguably, and this has been happening for ten-ish, right? As a as a like, we're making this genre, you know, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So so it's it's interesting to sort of like, I don't know, but but the thing is, is like, if it's based on this sort of like nostalgia." what people feel nostalgic for is going to change.
0: Right. So, uh, so on the other hand, like, will this just run out naturally? Are we going to get
1: grunge wave, (laughs) (laughs) you know, are people going to get like, you know, nostalgic about that? Um, I'm sure they will. And if they haven't already, but, but yeah, but we're like the thing I was saying, about like clever, like (sighs) I hate shitting on, on artists, on other people, but like, okay. Like you take like the white stripes, Or something like that, like or or even like Modest Mouse. Mm -hmm. I love Modest Mouse, but you like listen to music, you're like or 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 Queens of the Stone Age. That's another good example. You're Mm like, well, guys think they're being clever, like like he thinks he's hip. You know, they're like they think they're too cool for school, and yeah, their music's great, of course, right? Yeah, but um. But they're, they're, they're trying to be, you know, like, they're yeah. trying to be clever. Or, you know, this is, you know, this is art. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, like, that's one of the things that's so cool about about Synthwave that it will, as far as I can tell, is there's no, mu- there's not a lot. There didn't seem to be a lot. It doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, no, nah, man, this is art. And... Right. <laughs> like, there's, there's not a big, you know hipster element to it if you will a uh, hipster is such a weird word uh, <laughs> but yeah anyway that that, that or like, like a purist
0: element you're saying
1: or just like from the creators like it just feels like they're making stuff that they like they're not really trying to like make stuff to impress or, or make something that's over anyone's head Right. Yeah. 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 That, that that that's that's maybe that's sort of what I fucking mean. I don't know. I think that's just kind of
0: what we were saying. Like that. It's just they know what they're doing and they're going to do that. And, and, and they're not trying to be much more than what they're trying to be.
1: Right. Like there there was something that I said that I wrote down somewhere. Uh, yeah. This music is. Never mind. Come back to that. later. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just goes down real easy.
0: But so it's interesting because well, uh, there was another part of when they were describing sort of the early years of the stuff, like the MySpace years, mm-hmm. and there were some comments of like sometimes I would, I would, well, it wasn't quite the same. Or I think it was specifically like 80s Stallone, the the super British like dude, yeah, the older dude on here. Who oh was yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy was like
1: born like 77.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, he was like, I don't fucking know what Facebook is, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to get a song on iTunes. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, right. I like this dude. <laughs> uh, he was like, uh, he was talking about how he would post some of his stuff to to uh, like a Facebook group or a MySpace group or whatever. And some fans of his other stuff would come in and say, this isn't even like one of your tracks. This doesn't sound like your stuff. And he was like, well, I fucking made it. So I think it, it is. And so that, that's coming at it from, like, the fans' perspective where, like, they're expecting one thing and he's just doing what he wants. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can't remember too many instances of the, if any of the creators themselves saying that they felt that way towards other creators.
1: Right, yeah. And or, I mean,
0: or, or saying that they had run into that behavior in the community, I guess, more to the point.
1: Right, and and I... This, this is an idea I feel like I need to just spend some more time articulating. Like, what, what do I mean by, like, an art you know like artists trying to be clever you know or, or like stuff like stuff that okay <clears throat> maybe the intention doesn't matter um but stuff that attracts is being pretentious <clears throat> and I didn't get a lot of that yeah or I I don't I don't, I haven't gotten a lot of this from the from this music that I've listened to you know either this playlist or other or other synthwave way to. it doesn't feel pretentious um agreed and that's or it doesn't for mean, something so specific <laughs> to not feel pretentious I,
0: I i think that's like a direct result of them going so directly along with their influence though mm-hmm. it's like because here's what it is and like, like they keep coming back to, it's It's not so much like, there's not so much an art to what they're doing because what they're doing is trying to recreate a feeling more often than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like sticking to a type of composition or- Right. Like instead of like trying to write jazz or trying to write a metal song or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like we're just trying to recreate this really ethereal thing. But so much of it is so similar that it's like, it's clear that it's all coming from this one source, which yeah. like which is a very specific time period right. that lives in people's minds. But I, I think that doesn't allow for a lot of pretension.
1: Yeah, because you've kind of you've kind of like let the cat out of the bag already.
0: Like we all know what <laughs> this is. Yeah, and yeah, we're just yeah. gonna do this. Like
1: you're not gonna. You know, it's not like, well, I'm actually like quoting Mozart's, you know, blah blah da Sonata, <laughs> right? Which is some shit that might that like a death metal fucking guitarist might, you know, might do. I mean, that's just still so awesome, but it's like it could maybe be pretentious. Oh sure, um,
0: yeah, pret- pretension is such a weird thing for me because like I like a lot of shit that is very widely seen as pretentious. Uh, and some of it's like games and it would be hard to explain here, but like going back to like Queens of the stone age, like they're an example of like, they think they're very cool <laughs> and, and they, and they put that forward and they yeah. write that into their music, but I like them a lot and I don't necessarily think they're that cool in that way. Right. But right, 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 but right. that is what they are trying to be. And I, I get that.
1: Yeah. I, I haven't tried to articulate it as an, as an older person, you know, in a while because I, I, I'm, as I age, I get more and more and more uh, inclusive, I guess. And I yep. and I, I try not to, you know, like whatever. Because there's just been so many things that I've like shit on. And then later on, I'm like, wow, I've I missed out on some really good stuff. Yep. Uh because I thought that they were stupid. I thought that that those people were stupid because they cared about a thing I didn't understand. <laughs> right. <clears throat> How dare they? Exactly. And so I try to avoid that. Um, but nonetheless, there is a... I don't know. I think there is. there is... I can't think of the great examples on, like, the scales of pretentious, right? But, you know, I know on one side of it, you have someone who is, like... <laughs> it, it came across, like, my feed today. It comes across, like, every few weeks. But, like, the the the, the Yoko Ono with, on stage with John Lennon and Chuck Berry clip. Have you seen that clip? Oh, boy. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but, like like Chuck Berry's uh eyebrows like almost almost like go down his back <laughs> whenever like they go up and almost all the way back around whenever Yoko starts like doing doing her stuff yeah 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 and uh and so there's something about like things that border on the avant-garde or whatever that like, yeah, that's pretentious. Um, Yeah. But it also, I'm not saying it, it doesn't have value. I'm not saying it's worthless or whatever, but it's like, yeah. Like, because, be, because you're saying that like you, you, the art, like the art of something like that is, is disrespecting the medium and and making a mockery of the medium itself and so you know you know you're doing that like you know you're going out there and pretending that there are are no rules and mm-hmm. that is the statement in and of itself right like andy like doing andy kaufman shit or whatever mm-hmm. um like oh this is this is some fucking blues rock i'm going to go out here and just scream you know that that is not stylistically appropriate but and that is your statement yeah you know like it
0: couldn't be any more obvious there because that is the statement
1: yeah like like i guess like what i'm saying is like don't act you don't act like you don't fucking know you know like don't act like you don't know that that that, that people are going to be like shot oh what the fuck are you doing <laughs> you know yeah
0: um it's just a, it's a weird line to to try to draw i think because i know that there are i don't know but i'm i'm sure that there are cases where something that somebody does is just the thing that they want to do and Mm -hmm. to them it's just normal sure but to some to most other people to the masses or whatever it's going to go over their heads and it's going to come across as pretentious but maybe it's not the intention
1: exactly so
0: i don't i i don't like drawing that line i guess a lot of the time
1: yeah and you're probably right because you know Cause I, there's no music that I really, really love that I think is pretentious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, also bad. Yeah. Mm, so there, I think that's probably that's <laughs> the real test right there. <laughs> Tell me an artist that's pretentious that you fucking love. <laughs> you know, like. Mm.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it just gets weird.
0: Uh, but, but so the the other the other side of this is mm-hmm. the quotes from. Uh, John Carpenter throughout this thing, oh. especially at the very end, when he's just like, "Make what you fucking want to make," and it, yeah, it's gonna be something that someone's probably done before, but just put put a little spin on it and all this stuff.
1: All just meaningful. like, boy, goddamn, the wisest words. Yeah, like, chisel this shit on my tombstone. <laughs> all meaningful art breaks the rules, like don't ask for, for permission and all that shit, and like, 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 yeah. you know, like don't like. Like, don't knock on the door. Break they... down the
0: wall and hope somebody listens. Yeah, they, they, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Um, no one can hear it if it's sitting on your hard drive, you know. Yeah.
0: Make stuff and, and, and put it out there.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude. Totally. Thank you. Thank you, John Carpenter, <laughs> for just existing. Yes. Um, I did think it was funny, and I was like, oh, of fucking course. Your dad was a music professor, and you played the violin when you were a kid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You didn't just, like, you know, you didn't materialize just
0: like, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, You didn't just wake up one day with a synthesizer and a bass and then do all this.
1: <laughs> right, yeah.
2: Because um, yeah,
0: the other thing about him he, is he plays, I think to this very day, he plays bass in his own rock band. And has forever. What a goober.
1: Wonderful, wonderful man. What a guy. Yeah. Um, before we go on to talk more about that stuff, something else I thought was really interesting. I should have mentioned it earlier, mentioned it earlier, but it was like, is really, really weird to talk about like to hear like another community besides the metal community. Um, talk about how Nirvana and grunge fucks things up. Yeah. 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 I was like, this is, this is really wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Should have said that true 40 minutes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like that line, like John Carpenter's. I mean, ugh, fuck. I I don't. I, I can't. I, I can't even. I don't even know where to begin. So, I don't even know if I can. Um, I it just. That's so fucking. It, the, 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 it's so interesting that like, he has a monolithic presence in this genre. This genre, is, it basically would not exist without him. <laughs> and and like the idea that he. He's Marty McFly, basically. Like, like, <laughs> your kids are gonna love it. Like, that's, yep, That's basically what like, fucking happened. actually yes. Because <laughs> all right, so check this out. Right, God. um, with with my buddy Jacob, the music of of Halloween, uh, of, of the first Halloween film, that's the that is the music that made him want to be a musician was the soundtrack for Halloween. Awesome. (laughs) Like I want, can I, can I have a keyboard? You know, I see. Can I, can I play piano? You know, and it was like, all right, well, we'll get you this little one, and if you stick with it, da you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that was his thing. And eventually, he got into guitar and metal, and da da da, and then into like folk and singer songwriter stuff, you know, and whatnot. an incredible musician, incredible guitarist, all these types of things. But that 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 was his in, right? You know, that was what made that was what like I need to do this. That was a, that was the spark for him. And then similarly, later in life the soundtrack for it follows reignited this desire to kind of get back into, um, well, I don't know that necessarily reignited the desire, but whenever he decided to pick piano back up, one of the first things that he learned was pieces of the score from it follows. Right. You know? So man, yes, all that stuff is hugely huge impact on, on him. Uh, gotcha. And so, and a lot of it has to do with like again, like they're talking about, like sort of how it, the atmosphere it creates, how it presents in the film, and how it guides you from that emotion to the next, and all that sort of stuff. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, I can, I can empathize. So before. I have plenty of shit that I could like specifically say about that playlist. Oh, yeah, this is another thing. Okay, so it's like, cause it's like, okay, what makes the 80s unique, right? And, and I, something I, I wonder is, um, is the 80s were the first decade that were really, that was really all about home media and like mm-hmm. personal media and whatnot. Yeah. And so, you like all of us, all of us kids in the '90s were able to experience all of this leftover pop culture of the '80s in a way that I don't think had really happened before. Was possible for previous decades because the VCR wasn't a thing, right? You know, and tapes and CDs weren't a thing in the same way. Like you had eight tracks in the '70s and shit, but that's a lot different. <laughs> yeah, than I maybe mean, the vinyl, but. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's true. But, but 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 movies definitely. But like the thing
0: was, is that. And I think that's the that's the real point there too.
1: But vinyl took a huge plummet, like you know, in the, I guess the '90s, towards the end of the '80s, and throughout the '90s. Oh
0: well, yeah, I'm just talking about through the '70s and into the '80s, and then through the '80s. That yeah. was still kind of what you had primarily, and then cassettes came along.
1: Right, right, right,
0: right, right. I, I just feel like there was always some sort of avenue for a home-based musical collection.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whereas that,
0: there was, there wasn't that before for for movies.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess it did. It did. There is a difference between like having your tapes and your walk, but but you didn't have a Walkman though. Right. That's the difference. That's I, the difference. You know, is yeah. like. Um, so anyway, I thought that that was, that was, there's some, some sort of interesting caveat there of like, well, we're able to wistfully nostalgically remember this decade because we were able to only experience it through its pop culture, which we have access to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, not only that, but uh, you, if you found something that did resonate with you like that, like, like a Halloween or a, uh, or mm-hmm. a Goonies, or whatever the fuck else. You could watch that a million more times. You didn't have to go all the way to the theater to experience it. Like You could just live in that. Right, right,
1: right. You tape that shit off of... Tape it off like HBO is what TNT, happened. happen. Yeah. HBO, take it off at, uh, tape it off of HBO, which stood for, Hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> um,
0: oh, that's good. Uh, that, I mean, that was definitely how... My family had most of our movies. Oh, fuck yeah. It was like for a while, like my grandparents bought HBO and then they would just tape shit. Yep. And it was just a wall full of the white Polaroid uh-huh. VHSs. Scotch. A lot of scotch. A lot of scotch, yeah. A lot of Kodak
1: as uh-huh. well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Kodak with the, 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 the yellow and the gold stripes. There,
0: yeah, exactly. There is a part in that documentary where uh, the, the stuff that they're speaking over is just like the graphics that come up on the screen mm-hmm. are just different. Uh, like transitions, I guess, from different what are you, like Adobe Premiere scenes or some shit. Yeah, of just VHS blank VHS style covers. Nice. And I'm like, yep, had that one. Had that, had that one.
1: one. I uh, I got a kick out of seeing the gunship logo because it it's very much I don't know if it's Carl car, I can't I can't think of like the that logo you're
0: talking about comes up in this documentary. <laughs> well. They put it on the screen at some point. The movie collection okay. okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it. I can't either. But it's but, the
0: C that goes yeah. like this. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yep. I think it was, like, associated with, like, the uh, some of the Rambo movies and shit like that. Right. Um, so. Uh, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some questions at you, just some kind of, like, speculative kind of things. And then we can talk a little more in depth about the playlist. Okay. <laughs> so. That's going to be weird <laughs> So in your opinion What is the relative importance Of the following Musical elements In synthwave Okay I don't know what What ranking I'm asking you To give you To give these elements I'm not asking you to put them In order or something like that Like it's just like Is this important Is it not important What's it's place right uh, Out of five stars Okay so uh Rhythm Rhythm Yeah, like, in the genre of synthwave, like, how important is rhythm? And, like, how does it function? I
0: have no idea how to answer that question. Like, Um, the the ability to maintain a rhythm or using a specific rhythm style? Or
1: Let me think – let me maybe think better of, like, how I'm – like, okay, so – it seems to me that rhythm is very like all, all of the synth wave that I've ever heard. It's very rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you couldn't, you can't, I don't know if you can have like a synth wave ballad without like a percussive synth line. Like, I don't know if you can have this music right without some, like it's either, hold on. That's not true. Cause you, it can also just be purely atmospheric. Yeah, you definitely right? can. Yeah. Um, but it seems to operate between those two things and and different mixtures of those, mm-hmm. you know? So...
0: Like, like specifically the It Follows track that I put on here mm-hmm. is just like there's zero rhythmic element at all. Sure. Like it operates against a rhythm of some sort, but you don't hear it.
1: I understand what you're saying. Right, 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 right. But, but on most of it, it's a very... Okay. Maybe it makes uh, sense to like... On a lot of it, it's the most important part. Right,
0: right, 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 right. Like, well, like the the Kavinsky track on here mm-hmm. is just nothing but a driving rhythm.
1: Right, and and even whenever it is, a lot of it feels so rhythmically inspiring too. Like it's just such a yeah. good percussive bed that yeah. it's like, okay, it's very easy to build other stuff on top of this.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that just depends on which one of these, uh, which one of these subgenres you're kind of. Going for, right,
1: right, right, right. Because right, stuff right.
0: like uh, outrun, for example, mm-hmm. is just heavily rhythmic, right. Uh, uh, and that's that's the primary focus of a lot of that stuff. Okay. Whereas stuff like uh, one of the other subgenres,
1: right, 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 c- could
0: be more like a dream wave or whatever the fuck can be very atmospheric.
1: <clears throat> Maybe I got a better way to qu- uh, ask ask okay. the question. So instead of like relative more like the the role, right? What's the role of rhythm, right? In synthwave, that's that's probably, okay. Yeah, that's the point I'm asking. So, all right. So, going down the line, so like melody, like how does melody function in you know? Because to me, it seems like it's not the most important part. Yeah, I think a lot of times it's
0: it's a lot of times there is a melody, but maybe it's extremely simplistic, mm-hmm. and there's just like here is our four note progression, and we're just gonna do that the whole time. And we're gonna change other things,
1: right? We're gonna right, change right, right. like
0: aspects of the the filters on the synths, or the, or on the beat, or we're gonna add some more elements on top of it, or other sounds, maybe some sound effects, some quotes from movies, or some shit. Right,
1: right, right, right. So it's it's not it's not related. Yeah,
0: it's like, but I, it just depends again. Like th- there are there are some that don't it doesn't matter too much, uh, but then there's some that it's it's just heavily
1: melodically inspired. well like the like the endless summer record that the, the the midnight record that i'm familiar with incredible melodies on that you know yeah. um i guess it just depends and i guess these are the little dials that determine the genres you know and, and exactly in some, in some way um exactly yeah and like harmony so similar with the melody because like what it doesn't feel like is it doesn't feel like you're going to get someone who who is like, oh, I have a nice melody and I have a nice chord progression. Um, and let me figure out some lyrics to it. And I'm gonna and and, and then here's a synth wave song out of it. That doesn't seem to be how most of the people not that someone couldn't do that, but it doesn't seem that that's the process that most of these artists are using. When they're writing, um, yeah, like it's not about like a B flat diminished nine, you know. Like that's not that's not what's inspiring them,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, like like we said, like a lot of times the inspiration comes from more of a feeling, yeah, sort of thing than a musical idea. But there are certain musical ideas that can that are more conducive to expressing that feeling. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of this is in minor key, for example,
2: mm, mm, I think mean, it's mm-hmm, fucking because
0: mm-hmm. John Carpenter did a lot of shit in minor key. <laughs> 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 a big reason.
1: So uh. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And then again, like, you know, there's other things that are just super, like super thing, you know, things that seem really important is on like atmosphere like that. I mean, to me, the genre is mostly just rhythm and atmosphere. Yes, um, correct. I think <laughs> so. Which again, like, kind of sets it apart from a lot of a lot of things because it's not really about because a lot of a lot of genres, a lot of music is like about oh my clever melody or, or my clever harmony or my clever lyric, you yeah, know? Um, or even a
2: yeah.
1: Um,
0: very little in the way of lyrics in in this genre,
1: right? But it feels like when they are there, though, man,
0: <laughs> they can they can they can be used interestingly. Um, um but then you've got a you've got stuff like um, the Dance with the Dead track I added on here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of the as you, and if you can tell from the documentary as well, like they are a live band,
1: right? Got a fucking guitar and everything.
0: Yeah, like they they just have instruments and they play there's a lot of guitar in all their stuff and so they do a lot of like guitar harmonies and shit they so right it, it, it creeps in there sometimes
1: right right, right. Uh, and right. they make it
0: work to their specific uh style of music
1: right like they're well in like in there something that happens on that that i like a lot on that midnight record is that there will be like a sax solo Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, or there will be a certain kind of tastefully done particular type of guitar solo, um, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, again, like that was—is it the the John Carpenter track from the Christine, mm-hmm. like the one that, like, when it comes in, it's just all fucking heavy, and there's a crazy guitar solo on it and shit like that. Yeah. So. Oh man. It's, so good. <laughs> it's canon. You can do guitar solos at Sith Wave. <laughs> yep.
0: The man himself showed you how to do it.
1: Uh, and but there's also, you know, there's also a lot of space in it too, which I think is something that adds to its ability to go down easy, you know? Like it's it might be intense at times, but it doesn't ever feel overly dense. I think that
0: I mean again, it just kind of depends. It depends on which which one of these subgenres. Because like if if it's stuff that's sticking to, if it's sticking to that, uh, OG Carpenter feeling, if you want to say, like that was all movie music, right? And so the whole point of it was to yeah. The whole point of it was to like leave space and just have something that can be in the background, but Mm -hmm. it still just so happens to be really interesting to listen to. Right. Or more to the point, I guess it can evoke the feeling of watching the movie, which is this whole thing is about right um, but then you've got stuff like the Kavinsky track on here or like uh, well I didn't add the Laserhawk the Laser hawk album red Line is just it feels like you're in a fucking car the whole mm-hmm. time uh, and the Kavinsky track is just the whole damn time yeah yeah it's just nothing but in your face that you know just rhythm um, and it's awesome but it is a different thing than some of this other stuff that can be more atmospheric
1: so, yeah. um, Cool. Another, another thing is, you know, more speculation here is, so why is it all, you know, like the, the idea that it's related so much to film scores, you know, like these sounds and these textures and it's related to film scores. Like part of my like speculation as to why uh-huh. is that you probably didn't have a lot of, you know since <clears throat> are expensive now. <laughs> um I'm sure that they weren't less expensive in nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> and so what
0: maybe like so when I um when I found out about the synth that I ended up buying,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is a Donner is, is the model. And it was super cheap. It was 150 for It was cheaper a synth. Yeah. Um, what they based the architecture of that synth off of is the uh, Roland, I think? 303? It was an, a synth from the early 80s mm-hmm. uh, that I think wasn't particularly inexpensive but what happened was it was it was marketed as sort of like a replacement for a bass player
2: Mm.
0: is from what i understand uh the a bass synth uh and they ended up not being all that popular at the time for what they were marketed for yeah and so they ended up in pawn shops a lot Mm. and they ended up it ended up to where people who could Ended up being more creative with them. People who came along and did like acid house and shit like that, which is that like, makes sense. Like that is the synth that sort of defined the acid house sound.
2: Sure, uh, that makes so
0: sense. They they made their way down. Yeah, 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 right?
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and the That's people awesome. the people who were able to get them did interesting shit with them, and they became legendary for that reason.
1: Right, 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 right. And but like, Tangerine Dream, like the stuff they were doing and the equipment they yeah. had, like. Or like uh, the guy who did the Blade Runner, yeah. You know, of Angalis, or Mm -hmm. uh, like you shoot like the pictures of of, of him, and you know, and the stuff's everywhere. He's just surrounded by sense. Like, dude, that's like that's like tens, tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And so, part of me has to wonder that, like, I'm just gonna completely throw shit at the wall. It's like I imagine, like. The reason John Carpenter was able to do this stuff, one, he was a musician, he could pull it off, right? But also, he's like, look, you can pay a composer, like tells the film company, you can pay a composer, um, you know, pay them their rate to write the music, okay? Um, And then you can pay the rate to have it recorded. In studio, mm-hmm. and then you can pay the rate to have it have it mixed, and you can do all that, or you can give me five grand to go play with a synthesizer for two days, <laughs> you know, and so yes, it was cheaper in the budget context, but it's you still needed money. To get access to it is sort of what I'm saying. Like I don't like it wasn't like oh well let me just spend five hundred dollars go down to the shop get a guitar and then I'll fucking record the soundtrack to my to the, my movie, you know it wasn't mm-hmm. that like there was a, a a barrier like a technological a barrier to have like you know practical synth setups and whatnot. So I don't know. I'm just like I wonder if the idea that the idea that, like, I wonder if the budgets of these movies is what allowed access to these sounds and these palettes. That's that's.
0: I, I that's, mean, on that's, some that's level,
2: I'm speculating.
1: On some level, that well, yeah, I mean,
0: to the point of what you just said, like, it was cheaper for them to have John Carpenter do, and he says as much in the documentary. Right. He was like, "I'm faster. I'm cheaper. That's why I did it." Right. On my movies, uh, but. Also, like in the in the um, in the seventies, like when these synths were first kind of coming around, they, it was new technology. So
1: yes, and it, other thing, it also
0: kind of like had to be expensive because it was like being developed,
1: right. Well, another thing too is that like when they were coming out, you had people doing different things with them. Yeah, you had people pushing like the tech the tech like the technical boundaries of them and, you know, like Emerson, Lake and Palmer and mm-hmm. all that sort of shit or whatever. Like it was, it was like, what's a crazy shit you could play on this. So it wasn't until you're trying to score films with it, that space and atmosphere becomes paramount, you know, because before that, when synths were being used, it was more for like shredding or there was some, there was some aspect of that. I'm not I, I don't know enough yeah
0: I don't I don't know enough about that either but it it does seem pretty clear like w- the shit that Tangerine dream for example uh-huh. was doing with it because yeah they did movie scores but they have like 60 some odd albums right. they've been going for like 50 years straight Right. they have like rotating members over time but uh, the stuff that they were doing on just on their albums back then, wasn't what everybody else was doing. Right. It was a very... And that's why it became influential, because it was very similar to the stuff that like John Carpenter was doing. Right, 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 right. It was It was this atmospheric stuff. It was this stuff that allowed for a lot of space. Right. Right, um, right, 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 right. And right. so they were... I guess they were using sense in different ways in that way. Uh,
1: it's just... It's like it's just so fascinating to like try to speculate and consider like, why do these sounds mean the nostalgic feeling of the Mm eighties? Why is it the synth sounds that mean that, you know, and not some other set of sounds? Um, like if, if John Carpenter had scored it with an electric guitar, (laughs) had scored like Halloween with a rock band, would that movie just suck and we just don't care? (laughs) (laughs) no one you know like wouldn't have had the same effect yeah and then and you know and is it is it just the happenstance that it was something that seemed to be so novel and new that that sound was associated so much with the 80s and then you just so happen to have the grunge thing that is so associated with the guitar that you have that cut off right so people stopped doing it mm-hmm. and so they stopped doing it now you can go back and it means something you know it, yeah because so one of the points
0: that someone I think in the documentary brings up is like all of this inspiration is very movie focused
2: mm-hmm. for
0: one thing like that's they that's a constant throughout all of this but somebody brings up the fact that movie soundtracks specifically up until like 95, kind of kept
1: sounding right. pretty similar right, 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 right or then like or like a and then like a lot of like low budget movies kept yeah the same you know yeah presumably
0: if that's the case presumably because that was just a cheaper way to do things mm-hmm. you didn't have the money to have an orchestra there or something like that but you but could a synth is you can do a
1: lot of, with a synth you can still have a lot of variety of timbre yeah um without having to have a lot of Pay a lot of different musicians' day rate.
0: <laughs> yeah, and maybe you don't even necessarily need everything that, uh, like, they used on the Blade Runner soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, I think, you know, 10 years later, things had progressed in such a way that you can just have, you probably, sure. you probably don't need all that And if you're anymore. just
1: doing, like, the soundtrack to, like, some full moon horror movie, like, subspecies or some <laughs> shit, <laughs> yeah. you just got to get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And nonetheless, but that's what we were watching. Yes, exactly. Like that's what that those are the things that we were getting exposed to when we were ten years old staying up later than we should have watching USA yeah. network or TNT or whatever or TBS. And that's what anchors it to this nostalgic feeling. Right. You know? Yeah fucking mess (laughs) it's so interesting Um, yeah it
0: really is it's such it's just so weirdly specific yeah that's that's the part about it that keeps getting me it's like i I can't think of another i mean i'm sure there are i don't have the context for it but i can't think of another artistic (laughs) movement like that that is just like here's this one little thing in these few years and here we're gonna do it again
1: yeah And, and that's it and it it almost makes me wonder if it's like, is it maybe just that there's just other things that just aren't just directly marketed towards people your age, you know? Because uh, I mean, that was maybe. something that was kind of interesting to see. It was like, oh, all the people making this are about our age or a little younger. Right. Um, right. And, and obviously the people getting into it – well,
0: presumably the people getting into it are – it varies because you keep seeing that multiple people mentioned the fact that like – we have fans who say they weren't even born in the '80s and they didn't experience this, but they still have this nostalgia for it right. somehow. Right, which is like also an interesting question. Like, you know that that is what you're pulling from to make this music. The music you're designing is meant to evoke that emotion. So why does that work? Yeah. What What about
1: that? It's almost as if it's a perfection or, or a, an articulation of um nostalgia as an abstract feeling as like a yeah. musical motif like oh that's because it's like oh major major's happy and minor sad you, you, you know <laughs> yeah. you can you can hear that without someone need to explain to you what you should be happy about or yeah. what you should be sad about you're like oh no that sounds sad that right. sounds dark that sounds this and 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 we have but and it's it's almost like this like synthwave is nostalgia in the same way, it's like a somehow right you know somehow the like that combination of of melody and rhythm and timbre is nostalgia, is the nostalgia chord, and, and exactly. it and it doesn't need a um it doesn't need a reference, right? Oh, I'm nostalgic for X, right? Like, you know, it it doesn't, um. Yeah, like it, it. It doesn't
0: need any outside context. It, it's like self-contained nostalgia it, yeah, somehow.
1: Right, 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 It doesn't need to be like. It doesn't need to reference, you know, something. It doesn't need to. uh, uh There's, there's like a mathematical way to say this. I can't think. It what, would what, how to do it. Um, oh, oh, sure. Um, you know, but like, like, and like it doesn't need because, like, okay, so if you're gonna be nostalgic about it, because see, that's it. You say, um, nostalgic about.
2: Mm-hmm. nostalgic oh, nostal- for something
1: yeah yeah, yeah 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 and it's this is nostalgia this is nostalgia without a preposition it's just, it is raw nostalgia yeah like it is directionless uh, <laughs> right. nostalgia it's, is 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 you know so so yeah like people you know it's like someone born in the born in the fucking 90s who didn't experience the 80s at all you know. Yeah, feels nostalgia for it. I,
0: I guess the thing that I jump to immediately to refute that is well, movies, like because
1: they experience those
0: movies. People still watch movies into the two thousands or from, from the eighties to
1: yeah. into today. Because those are some of the best, those are amazing movies. <laughs> yep, And and when again, I think it goes but, back. But like, to is like, it, is that enough? You know what it is. I, I guess it has to be. I think I think another aspect of it is is that something that was sort of, man, okay. now this is what people say but I actually don't believe it. Um, (laughs) uh, But uh, sort of talking about like the confidence and like the, you know, the neoliberal dream of the 80s or whatever. Yeah. And whatnot, because. (laughs) But I don't think that that's true. Like, I know a lot of people talk about Rambo and all that sort of shit, but it's like, if you watch those fucking movies, there's a lot more, to me, there's a lot more like thematic, meat on the bone in the Rambo movies than people give them credit for, the first three especially. I mean, he's not confident. He's fucking crazy. Like, he has yeah. he has shit that he's having to work through. Well in, in the fir- well, in the first one, he's a fucking vet. And he, like, he's just like, I want to go talk to my friend's, my dead friend's family. And a cop fucking harasses the shit out of him, arrests him for no reason. Yeah. You know, um, fucks with him to the point that, that like, you know anyway that all hell breaks loose then he's put in fucking prison (laughs) and and then in the second one they like you know hey you do this special op and then the beer you know and then he ends up getting whatever whatever but like the enemy is like the bureaucrats and like the the it's not it's not like this it's not a john wayne movie yeah you know what i mean it's not a right it's not a like all of the armies are good guys you know like like the army is a good guy you know blah 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 i mean it's it's about this individual rambo getting fucked by everyone basically um so anyway uh but nonetheless there is some but the thing is is that rambo does like get the shit done in the end right there is like a uh, sort of uh, his uh, uh, his ability to do it is very right, high right 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 and i think that maybe that <laughs> the neoliberal dream of american competence is is uh, uh, as epitomized in the films of the 1980s <laughs> yeah. and maybe that's something that we're nostalgic for cuz there's a big difference between that and something like a seven <laughs> you know and Or the crow or all these things that I think of when I think of like 90s movies Mm -hmm. um, where shit gets real, real like, (laughs) you know, I guess you're fucked. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, yeah, I I see that in 80s movies. It seems to me the difference is comparing it to like a John Wayne movie or something is probably a good way to go because that. That feels like a movie that is like confidence incarnate. Because mm-hmm. if John Wayne had issues that he was working through, he's he's not showing them. He is, you know, stoic cowboy yeah. man, right? Yeah, and he does his thing and he does it well and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you say, like Rambo, like shit's fucked up there. Like Terminator, like she gets away from him, but she's like traumatized forever. Right. 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 Um, Ghostbusters, like, they're complete fuck-ups. They make it work against all odds, you know.
1: Sure, 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 They they stumble
0: to the finish line. Like, none of those are, like, good situations. And I think a lot of these other movies, if you look at them a little closer, like, they're all kind of bad situations, but things happen to get done.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. Maybe, like... Mm. We need someone smarter than us. Yeah to To unpack this, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, like oh. I, I guess, like I, I don't imagine I I don't imagine like a generation of kids, like in the two thousands. Not that, not that it would be this way, because you start to have like media presented and referenced different ways, and they have because it's the thing. VHS is invented in the fucking, you know, or like home video becomes a thing like, in the eighties. Yeah, so we as a, as kids like we had like fucking one decade <laughs> worth of oh uh, you know what i mean so the the movies that we were going to watch were going to be it was going to disproportionately be referenced uh, uh, represented by 80s movies that's going to become yeah. less and less as you move forward right? right um but i don't imagine you know people <laughs> being like, oh yeah, dude, I remember watching Seven when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I mean I do. <laughs> I mean I do too. Well like no but but again. But like people like ten years younger than us, yes, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and they're and they're like, yeah man, I just get all nostalgic <laughs> for that feeling <laughs> that I had when I watched Seven. <laughs>
0: I saw that dude slumped over his table in the bowl of spaghettios and some gave me the warm fuzzies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. It's like when I think about like the the '80s movies versus the '90s movies. But I don't know. Maybe someone would be like nostalgic for the for like American Pie or some shit. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. Fun. There's there's something there. I just don't quite know how to. I don't know how to articulate. draw those lines.
1: Yeah. Jet, why are you not here? <laughs> this was the time. Fuck. Um. Oh, okay, boy. I have a few, like, random, specific things about, like, uh, some of the tracks. So, real quick, did you happen to watch
0: the other the YouTube video I posted for the Jean-Michael Jarre That was wild. <laughs> Wasn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> That's so, so weird. The craziest part about that is that I have never heard that event referenced. Me neither. Having lived in Houston and around Houston all my life, I don't know how I've never heard of that happening. I don't either.
1: That blew my mind. So, it was like... <laughs> so yeah,
0: it's, it's from 1986, and this is a dude who's been, like... Doing many millions of albums sold, like hugely popular mm-hmm. dude at the time. This was like the biggest gathering for a concert ever. What <laughs> and he like held the record for this for a little while. Wow, apparently. Um, but so what happened is uh, I was able to figure out that this happened in uh, I think it's Governor's Park in downtown. Okay, it's like nor- the northwest part of downtown near okay. City Hall. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, like, Google Maps, you can see the same angles from the I video. See. That's how I okay. figured it out. Um, oh, okay. And so, it's this is a dude putting these giant keyboards up in, in downtown Houston and shining lights on the buildings in downtown and, like, putting video and shit up there and just fireworks constantly. Yeah. And he's just playing synthwave basically to the city of Houston and people are, like, stopping on I-10 and yeah. listening and watching it.
1: It's like, what the like, fuck is this? We know someone who stopped to watch that. Like, we have yes. met them. Almost assuredly. And, so and they never thought to fucking tell us. And
0: I've never heard that this happened. I've never heard that for one night, Houston shut the fuck down, and people watched Synthwave happen
1: <laughs> at downtown. <laughs> so it blows me away. It's so wild. And, like, home dude on the electronic drones. Like... <laughs> yeah. Doing his best to keep up. Yeah. What it look like? Yeah. um,
0: Just a wild... It was like two hours long or something. Or was it only maybe an hour? I don't know. Uh, But anyway, did you watch the end of this by chance? No. So at the very, very end, there's like a reporter there. And she's talking to people who just came out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking Houstonians like you'd expect them to be. They're yeah. Like, that was fucking wild, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like... I don't know man, I don't know what that was, but it was pretty awesome. It just yeah, exactly what you'd expect someone from Houston to say about some crazy shit man, like that. But a... but they went and they watched it and they liked it. And that's even crazier to me. Is like that's th- a
1: different time.
0: 1986 is when this happened. Right. And you could just have people go watch stuff like this happen
1: and and be into it. Well, that's <sighs> That's almost feels so foreign to me now. That's almost similar to way that I've heard people talk about like uh the day on the green shows in San Francisco like those sure. early Metallica shows of like um well there's a thing happening. Yeah. <laughs> or like the way that in when we were in high school the way people would go to buzz Yeah. And like not not n- give a shit about any of the bands there but then they would leave there being like there was this band called Lincoln Park, and holy shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, just to go see the oh, the thing's happening. It's happening here. Let's go see what it's about, and 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 approach right. it with like an open mind and to be open to the experience, whatever it was, because it was fucking happening. And yeah, well, we're all here and we're experiencing it together. So it's that's something. Even if it sucks, we'll all. <laughs> We'll see. It sucked together. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like stuff like that happens,
0: or at least in my memory, it always happens at a musical venue, whereas this just happened in downtown.
1: <sighs> right, right. 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 Yeah. Which like, is so wild. Well, the way that they shot it too, like the way that it's the you know, like, because it is so, it is something like over the top. And it is pure spectacle. It's completely over the top. But they're also like showing the guy with like the headset and like the smoke machine. Yes. You know, like things like that. And it's like, (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 But it's consistent in the way that the intro and everything is shot. Like they're, they're like, this is a real thing. It's really like, you feel like, like not only do I know someone who saw this, I know someone I know (laughs) knows someone who worked on this.
0: Right. Like it, it, it felt like it probably felt like you were in the production at some at some level. <laughs>
1: well, and it just, it, it, it was like, you really had that feeling of like, Oh, people had to normally when you watch a concert video, it just seems like it's it, just it feels this... like it just happens. Yes.
0: Right. Whereas this, it felt like they had to put a lot into making this thing happen. Yeah. It's
1: like, Oh man, dude, I wonder how many yeah. fucking bolts that guy had to tighten. Right. You know? Right. And you don't feel that even when you watch like a Romstein fucking concert, you don't have that feeling of, Construction, right? Because of how they present it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But you did. Yeah. <laughs> with, with this, or like a Super, Super Bowl halftime show, or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. any any arena pop.
0: Concert these days,
1: right, right, right. You're not seeing a dude run around fucking, you know, denim looking like a fucking like just normal fucking dude. That's like, well, this is my fucking day job. I just gotta make sure everyone's this is done. This is safe, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: i just imagine seeing a dude like you said, like with the headset with like the smoke machine, like holding it like a fucking proton pack, like you know, <laughs> <He's> just like a <laughs> or like a, a leaf blower or something. So much smoke going to town, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. Amazing. That shit was fucking wild. This,
0: what a what a picture into a time and place that we lived through somehow, but is
1: completely yeah. Foreign. We were like three. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like,
0: like I bet if I went and asked my parents about it, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember when that happened."
1: Yeah, like it's
0: like, "Why you ever tell me about this,
1: <laughs> dude?" We were goddamn fucking stuck trying to get across town to yeah. your aunt's birthday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a list of that fucking foo foo shit. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Get all mad at like They can't like I can't Well because of that fucking traffic jam I could never stay in Beverly Hills Cop ever again <laughs> Turn it off
0: um, Too many bad memories um, Yeah I think that was sort of all the other Like sort of ancillary stuff that I had uh yeah so if you want to go through the, the playlist...
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm not gonna do too much because uh I just don't want to get I just don't wanna I it might I, might be a little I, redundant
0: yeah I, I don't honestly have a lot to say about the playlist uh it's itself
1: it, I mean it's amazing and I, I loved it and I really really enjoyed listening to it um but I think we covered most of it something I mean okay uh, so
0: d- yeah just to just reiterate sort of what it is like the first seven or so tracks are, origins basically like here's mm-hmm. some here's some john carpenter that really reflects what this music became right right, right. right here's right, a tangerine right. dream track from risky business here's uh the one of the tracks from blade runner like and that's pretty much it and then the rest of it is stuff that i picked that i got really into once i sort of found this genre and said here's what i like right and here's like a, a small selection of some of my favorite stuff
1: right i'm not going to get too knit n- not going to go too in depth but something that i know it's like in the tangerine dream song is like there's a lot of um, really rich rhythmic stuff going on. So like there's an opening rhythm in the tangerine Dr- in that tangerine dream song on here, which is very similar to a rhythm you would hear played in a samba music. Mm. But it, the way it's played on the synth, and it's just kind of sped up. <laughs> and so if you just slow it slow that rhythm down, it's very similar to what you would hear played on the snare drum. When someone adapts samba to the drum set, oh, okay. so interesting things like that. I'm not going to demonstrate yet, because <laughs> gotcha. it would just take too much time. Um, and, but from a but but and then that's the thing that sort of carries on with some of the other the the, the later stuff is that like from a percussion perspective, it's really interesting how how much the roles of the music kind of parallel the different roles on the drum set when you're adapting Latin music um, or even jazz to where there's a pulse, there's a consistent pulse. But then the, you know, the, like the, and that's usually done with like the feet. Uh, but then the hands are doing some sort of like syncopated rhythm. Or some, some texture, some syncopated, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that in Synth Wave, you get like the drum set void, like the bass and the snare, and maybe the hi-hat, but the bass and the snare are giving you that, um, that pulse. Yeah. And then it's uh, some type of like synth pattern on top of that is where all your syncopation is coming from, as opposed to it being sort of broken up on the different parts of a drum kit. It's mm-hmm. broken up on different instruments, but it feels like it's getting a similar thing. It's like serving the same function. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was something I thought was really interesting. I had in my mind of like, oh, I can just like fucking pop over there and demonstrate it. But <laughs> it's too late And my... I'm not gonna making ass of myself. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> something else that was interesting about the Kavinsky track. Yeah. So the kick... And the snare sounds on this um are so short, but huge. It's not like 80s huge snares. There were like lots of reverb and whatnot, like goo, you know. Right. Like this sounded like it was in a hall or whatever. Like, but the snare sound on that convince you track like it is. It is taking up so much real estate, but it's <laughs> but it's its duration it's, it's very tight. You yes. know what I mean? Uh as like, it feels like it's you're being punched in the gut and in the mouth, like gunk gunk. You know what I mean? Yes,
0: absolutely, it does.
1: And so yeah, and
0: I think something that helps that happen is, uh, I think this is the, I think it's the only track on this playlist where this effect occurs, and it's something that I wasn't sure if I liked for a long time but I think I actually love when it's done well which is that all throughout that track the so there's, there's the percussive element tapping and then there's a sort of higher synth melodic line uh. and that line dips uh, whenever uh. the drums hit yeah, 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 yeah and so it's like it's an effect that you you hear in songs sometimes when it's like mm,
2: mm, 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 <laughs>
0: like that. And it does that very specifically on like on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is adding to that effect of having it be so much more punchy.
1: Right, right, right. Because right, it, right. it
0: feels like it's it feels like it's punching the rest of the song out for a second. And it just does it the whole time.
1: Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a lot. I only have the vaguest understanding of how that kind of automation works when you're mixing and whatnot, but it's it's a thing that's done in a lot of in a lot of mixing, just in more subtle ways. Right. You know. Yeah. Of,
0: I, I think it's just basically when when this thing happens, just
1: dip the volume. Right. 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 Yeah. And and uh, and I and I think you can you can even set it. You can even sort of tailor it to automate to like certain eq things and stuff like that to where like so that you get this frequencies or whatever right so you get a lot of clarity from like the bass drum because it's you know in a pop record because it's pulling those frequencies out of like Mm -hmm. guitar and bass guitar whenever the bass drum hits right and shit like that you know um but yeah, uh that's 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 pretty much it
0: yeah, uh and not all of this stuff on here is exactly even uh, some of this it could uh, maybe it could be argued isn't exactly synth wave oh really like what uh maybe like the paris
1: the moon track Paris on here okay, uh maybe. Uh, the danger track. So, so about the moon, the moon track. I was, I was like, is there a name for this kind of baseline, like house or acid or something? Because I don't know. Because it kind of reminds me of like Lords of Acid. Maybe,
0: yeah. Okay. But I, I think it probably could be argued that that's closer to some offshoot of like EDM or something like that. Mm. But, but it's just slower. But it has, it has elements that could. Associated with I synthwave, and this is one of the tracks that was off the Hotline Miami soundtrack. I got
1: it. And you, the other one you said with the danger track, or yeah, the danger track. You could
0: you I you maybe could argue that this is just EDM on some level.
1: So much more syncopation in the actual drum track. Yes, on that one, it it really stood out for that reason. Yeah, because there's like it's not just
0: <laughs> you know right. There's there's way more going on there. Uh, the dance with the dead track. You could just argue that this is. That's, some some form of metal, I guess. Just, that's or... just
1: Dance of the Dead.
0: <laughs> Man, <'Cause... laughs> they're one of my favorite fucking bands. They're, they're so good.
1: They're like the only band that I've, like new band that I've seen you wear their t-shirt of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, they're uh,
0: probably a few different bands in this genre, actually, I could say this about. But they're one of those bands that like I can just put on anything that they've done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And just and love it, um. And maybe so. Maybe the home track, Resonance, the last track on here. Yeah, you could say that this that's like vaporwave, which I think is there's some delineation there. But again, to me, it just sort of all rolls into the same basic thing.
2: I don't. I don't.
1: I don't. <clears throat> so if I so at some point I'll I'll ask you what the difference, like where's the lines at some point maybe i'll go find out <laughs> <laughs> between edm and synthwave or synthwave and vaporwave what is the vapor referring to in vaporwave okay
0: it, it's probably some aspect of the atmosphere that it creates okay that that i haven't dug into but i if you if you tell me that something's vaporwave i know vaguely how it sounds or I how see. it feels okay so
2: um
0: uh, but yeah, home. Another one of those artists where like, immaculate, got you it's catalog. As far as I'm concerned, um. Oh God, all this music. Is so that Carpenter Brew track on here, Mm-hmm. fucking so good. Like it, that that track, the the Kavinsky track on here, uh, the, the Dance of the Dead track. Like that is what I like about some of the best metal that I like sure it just intense and driving <clears throat> and yeah 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 just feels it makes you feel so cool
1: there's an interesting thing in the laserhawk um song where there's a it's like a five over it's like a five four over four four motif yeah kind of thing happening which i was like like and and you don't really you know it's like oh you don't you don't get the, the the superposition of it until like the stuff comes in. But first, I'm like, oh shit, this is a five. That's neat, <laughs> right? You know. And then they just play like four or two over it or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, that works. How about that? And I was like, wait a minute, is it really in five? And I'm like, holy shit! Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. But it creates this like interesting, like kind of loping effect. Yeah, you know. Um. So, yes, yeah, so there's something interesting, too, about, like, this music. So the the Washed Out song.
0: That's another one that could probably not be considered synthwave on some level. What would it be considered? Something like Vaporwave or vapor something wave. also. Okay. But n- not explicitly synthwave. So. And this is maybe the the only track with vocals on here?
1: I think so. Mm, yeah, maybe. I think it is. So. Heh <sighs> Sorry for yawning. Kid woke me up way early this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> I was listening to this and I happened to come across a post about uh Jeff uh Stockstill. You know, and so I you know, I I like start tearing up and all this sort of stuff and it was just like it was an interesting sort of just acknowledge Acknowledgement and sort of a proof of principle about how this music does perfectly hold space for a certain kind of, you know, nostalgia or yearning. um, Yeah. And like this kind of like sense of loss Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
1: that that is kind of kind of unique because there is an intensity to it there's a sincerity to it but it also just it it just it goes down real easy you know it yeah it's it doesn't it doesn't ask a lot of you yeah is, that's a good way to say it yeah and that was a that was just like a, a good like it felt like a good like example of that. Cause I don't think that, I don't know that I would have, it would have brought that, if, 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 if another song or another thing that I would have listened to would have brought that emotion out of me in the same way. Right. But this did. Right. So, <clears throat>
0: yeah, that's a, that's a really weird aspect of this music. Like I think we kind of touched on it earlier, but it does, it somehow does convey like a longing. Yeah, or like a like a wistfulness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I don't really mm-hmm, know why mm-hmm. that is, but something, something about just the music itself. I, I mean, maybe subconsciously it is tied to all the other shit we've talked about, right? Like the, the origins and all that, but also just that's that's why I can just put on a lot of this music and just go because it it
1: puts me at ease in a way. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like because there's so many things like you can. <laughs> You know, like, oh, I need to reflect on something, or I need to work out, or I just need to think, or I need to do the dishes, or, you know. There's some of this for all of that. Or I need to get some work done, Um, or you need to drive, of course. It's it's definitely made for that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so uh, maybe the lyrics of Nightcall are just actually about Synthwave itself. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> there's something about you <laughs> that there I you. can't explain <laughs>
0: I think we cracked it there you go it's yeah. done
1: what a profit <laughs> so okay I, I think I, I think that's, that's all I got
0: cool yeah I, I mean, we did just I, I just meant this to be one episode I could I could probably do another one but I don't know what about but if we want to get back into this <laughs> I'd be totally down cool or anything tangentially related yeah
1: yeah 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 um, well, because your depth of knowledge on this is and what you like, maybe that's what that's what it should do. That's what we should do is because this is this is just more about the this was just more about, like you said, the genre itself. And so now we could actually explore the aspects of it that you personally like. And it can be more about that. Sure. maybe you know. At the worst case that happens is I get a cool playlist to listen to. And we get to and then we hang out and talk about bullshit.